Hello and welcome to the 6++ Plus Show, a podcast for your wargaming and 40k needs. Hobby talk, tactics, tournament reports, lore and much more. We have it all. Please welcome your host for the evening, Tom. Welcome ladies, gentlemen and scarab occult terminators to that 6++ Plus Show. I am your host Tom and I have had a week uh, but I'm going to make this happen. We're going to make it stick. Very excited to talk about um, the data slate tonight. That's going to be our, our first point of focus. Davey has a fun game for us. Um, we're going to event recap because a bunch of us were at the London Open and Davey actually went undefeated at the event locally as well. <laughs> um, and then we're going to do some listener questions. Hello to everybody in the chat. Please do pipe up. Please just let us know what you're up to tonight. If you're painting, if you're hobbying, if you're just just uh, listening, whatever else. Um, very good to hear from you all. And thank you very much as ever for being here. So which reprobates do I have for you tonight? I am joined as ever by my dear leader, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? Uh, I'm ill. You're ill? Mm, poorly boy. Oh. I was telling guys, um, I went to bed fine on Sunday and then woke up at 3am and my throat was on fire. So that's been, that's right. uh, it's been fun. Turns out I can't really eat and I can't shout at children. And those are like the two fun parts of my job. That's <laughs> so, what you live uh, for. That's what I live for on a day-to-day basis. So I found that back to work today was sad times. And, but oh. I did have a great dinner. I had soggy cereal and I had ice cream. Nice. Uh, no, good. Uh, that sounds great. I hope you're feeling better soon. And obviously, we won't expect too much from you tonight. That's fine. You can limp through the show. As always. That's okay. Absolutely fine. No one will notice any difference. Um, making, oh, making up the deficit it will, of course, be Davey. How are you doing, Davey? Hi there. <laughs> it's lovely to be here, as always. You look very uh, reclined. <laughs> you look yeah, very relaxed. I, man, I, I always forget my chair reclines, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> It's like a, a surprise every time, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, absolutely. what's new with you, Davey? Anything exciting? What? Um, no, just getting hyped for this weekend. Um, I'm at the Hertz, uh, Hertfordshire Spring GT. Um, unusually low attendance for these events because they're very good. Um, and usually they're ram-packed, but for some reason not as many this time. But uh, Which means I have a chance of doing okay. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Excellent. Um, but yes, all good. Oh, very good. Very good. And of course, finally, Aaron. Hello. Aaron, 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 what are we going to do with you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. As long as you don't take me outside, put me in a tent like the Grand National and shoot me, it should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 start as you mean to go on. Yeah, no, good. Had a lovely weekend, obviously, with yourself and Chris. Yeah, I was going to say, Thanks we were hanging out all weekend, and, weren't we? Um, yeah, busy week to start, but yeah, we're getting through. <laughs> good. Very good. Yeah, um, oh, we've got a message in the chat from Alex Fowler. Hello, six plus plus, and particularly to Aaron for my only loss this weekend. There you go. Ooh. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hello, Alex. Thank, thank you for tuning in. Um, yeah, don't worry, we all lose to Aaron as well. We know how that goes. Yeah. Um, great. Okay, so we're going to get into the data slate first and foremost. We are going to be talking about London Open a bit later. I did just want to shout out because we're at the start of the show. I just wanted to shout out everybody who came and said nice things and said hello and talked about the show at London Open because frankly, there were just tons of you. It was uh, on a level I've never really experienced before. I couldn't quite believe how many people came up and chatted and a bunch of people from the Discord introduced themselves. So I started putting faces to names. It's a very weird process when you only know someone as like some weird code name they gave themselves when they were 13 and, and they were all like 30, 40 year old men now. 
uh, it's good. It's a good time. But it was it was really nice and um, really really cool to get so much positive feedback from all you guys. So thanks for that. Great. Okay. So we've had a data slate. I think for a final data slate of the edition, pretty good actually. Pretty substantive. Pretty meaty. Definitely tried to do some stuff. Thousand Sun fans will definitely agree with that. Thousand Suns are fine. They're absolutely fine. They're still allowed to double tap a fucking Zinch Infernal Gateway cast. And until... Yeah, they should just be grateful that they never had that taken off them because that is bullshit. <laughs> Absolute bullshit. So if you've been passed over, it's for, for the good as well as the bad Thousand Sun players. Just hang on in there. They're oh, taking away all your psychic They're powers. one of the few armies to get a buff, I think. What are they? Oh, the, oh, the Witch is a buff, right? Yeah, so they yeah. got a buff. They got a buff. Yeah, yeah they got a buff. Yeah, definitely a buff. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be fine. They'll be all right. Um, how do we want to do this? Do you want to, I just, I might just throw this out to each of you to invite you to talk about something from the slate that you liked to start off with. Then we can talk about any concerns or issues you have with the slate, anything that wasn't left touched or anything that was, that was touched badly by, by your estimate. And then we'll try and maybe just br broadly estimate what kind of impact on the game we think this is going to have. I'm going to throw this out to you first, Aaron. What did you like from the slate? What's the positive change that was in there? Um... I did like the uh, the squishing down of the um, uh, Auto Sixes to wound Immortals for the Cuskin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it, it still makes them very, very strong. They're just not broken now, mm -hmm. and I think that that's really good. It doesn't destroy the army. They've still got the ability to go out and kill one unit more than another, or potentially take down two. So still very strong. So I thought mm -hmm. that was quite well done. Yeah. Um, don't like or I've got to hold off on the don't like that's all right i mean if you want if you have thoughts that might as well otherwise you'll forget i'll forget yeah. I, I, I don't I do like things at once. i don't like the sledgehammer that they applied to the uh, deathwing terminators i like the sledgehammers i'm going to apply to deathwing terminators henceforth they're safe I, in the knowledge that i'll wound them properly or, or the oh well, no 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 <laughs> maybe like mini transhuman will just put the points up like yeah, like, yeah i yeah. think there was something to do with yeah, just yeah. made what i dealt with deathwing terminators sure. now they're just normal terminators so what's the point of yeah, for sure. I think the, the Kazakin bomb being fixed for guard is a good thing. I th you could make the case that Kazakin have already been nerfed brutally by Desolation Marines, and actually, I don't know, I don't know quite where guards sit amongst it, but they're still very oppressive when they go off, and it feels like at their points cost now, Kazakin are probably a bit more appropriate. Yeah. Um, I wanted to come in on that. I think the change to the finial, I didn't see it coming, and I actually thought subtle but brilliant change. Um, removing the hit modifiers, ability to ignore hit modifiers is massive on that um, in terms of actually putting guard back to a place they should be which is not able to just reliably hit whatever they want all the time because that's not what imperial guard are about um whilst keeping a lot of the things that i think the guard probably need the finial for realistically and we had this conversation when we had david gaylord on the show right it, it it's an army that is quite one-dimensional in certain ways if you don't have some tricks to get around some of the things the dirty tricks out there in the game that can get around it then yeah they'll, they'll be in massive trouble so you know i felt like that was a nice a nicely handled nerf to the finial as well. Very good. Chris, something you liked, mate. Um, Terminator's getting smashed. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, Go fuck to hell. <laughs> fuck you. Um, <laughs> Woo! No, I, uh, I, I'd probably agree that it was unnecessarily harsh um, if you're a Dark Angels player. Yeah. But to the rest of us mere mortals who just had a miserable time, yeah. Because they are just, it's it was the ultimate stat check, and there was multiple armies out there which just couldn't deal with it, yeah. um, and it was just a loss on certain missions. Mm. Um, I do agree they probably shouldn't have been 
um, treated as harshly as that. Um, but I think people will potentially, crazy folk will still try lots of Terminators. We know one such chap. <laughs> and, uh, A committed think, diehard. I think it will still, still find that 150 Terminator wounds are quite hard to chew through on some missions. 100%. By certain armies. So I think it's still got place. Um, it's just not many people hate themselves that much to want to run it. Um, yeah. They're a select and rare breed. Um, so, yeah. yeah that, because this did... is the thing with it, right? Like with Deathwing, it wasn't just the transhuman. Although the transhuman was annoying, the thing that made it oppressive was there's minus one damage, there's a feel no pain, there's mortal wound shrugs, there's a guy resurrecting them. There's like, there was a million things stacked on with it that made it as difficult to shift as it was. It was never just about the transhuman. Transhuman does a lot of work. Oh, again, basically one-ups in cover, four-up in-runs everywhere. Like, all of those things are still there, right? So it's, and they're still very cheap. So as you say, it's still... zero-up. Definitely, yeah. They get plus one to hit when they get charged. They get plus one to hit. Like, they're not a normal Terminator. If you had to tier list Terminators, you'd still have that one at the top. Yeah. Because the weird play was, as I remember it, I mean, Dark Angels dropped, and it was only because the players weren't any good that it didn't make more of a splash at the time, I think. And then, and then some other books came out and sort of put it into obscurity. But it was, it did feel bizarre because it just made there was there was no other army that got the same amazing kind of song out of those units. I know that's kind of, I suppose that's kind of the point of it. But it's, yeah, it's been with us a long time that build. Let's put it that way. Hello, Paul Bridge. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. Um, anything else, Chris? I think you had a second point there before I started nattering. Uh, I was just going to say the thing I didn't like was the fact that they didn't really address Space Marines in general. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I know, I know um, Dark Angels were obviously at the top through Manny Chima, but a lot of the top players were also going, I'm going to run Iron Hand Successes, yeah. I'm going to run Space Wars. They haven't received anything, right, apart from no, no. the Codex Warfare thing. And let's face it, those armies, you, t- you know, you hear Innis talk about how he's done over 45 minutes. He didn't have to choose um, Codex Warfare to be no. done in 45 minutes. That's not the reason he's won in 45 minutes. No, no. So, exactly. therefore, he's still going to win in 45 minutes, surely. Completely. Um, so, I suspect it's just potentially paved the way for just Space Wars and Iron Hands if people yeah. want to. Well, I mean, we're coming to the end of the edition. I think in the mid to upper mid tables, I suspect a lot of people are just running things they want to run now. Um, That's only how it looks, wasn't it? Only at the very, very top end are people wanting to um, kind of go and smash things up with the ultimate Space Wolf and Iron Hands list. So yeah. I guess in theory, most of us are safe, right? Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, so that is that's obviously the concern, I guess. But um, yeah, we shall see. Yeah, no, I'd completely agree. I don't, I don't think the change to codex scoring is meaningful enough um, to slow those armies down. Those armies win because they have more stuff than everyone, and they either table them or tr- out trade them. As does the space wolves issue, right? It can just throw away MSU units forever, basically. The melter. Yeah, Ooh, the melter. each each of which each unit of which is tougher and hits harder than yours. Um, for the do same you reckon cost. it um, allows other space marine factions to come through? Like, do you reckon there's anything for the white scars with the change to codex? <sighs> I think the thing with white scars is I don't think they offer you much that space wolves don't. So I don't know why you'd run them at the moment. If you were do if you were doing that, I think you'd do you'd do um do space wolves. I think 
Could do Imperial Fists. Yeah. Um, Could do Imperial Fists. Obviously, rise. yeah, they're the um, only they're the only faction that actually categorically got worst. Yeah, that's my that's my understanding of it. I think they're somewhat. They were at, as my understanding. They were already basically the worst army in the game. And, um, and then they've made them worse. If there's anyone in the chat who has experience of this who could confirm that for us, I'd be really, interested. <laughs> be really interested to hear that. That would be good. Um, as John says, so Scriver says in the chat, yeah, white scars don't have Wolfen and Keen Senses. This is the thing. Keen Senses is accidentally the perfect Sorry. stratagem for Desolation Marines. That's not that's not intended. That's just an act. That's one of nature's little little accidents. But uh, that's that's where we're at. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. That Alex Fowler says exactly the same. Now I played against the White Scars list in this era, and and Rafa Harbison piloted it really well. White Scars with Gillivan, it was, and you can definitely do some cool stuff with it. I just think White Scars aren't as flexible and don't quite have the tools to make everything um, that's currently good sing. That's the thing. Um, yeah, wonderful. Okay, Davy, what's a good thing for you, mate? Um, I just think overall they're like. Instead of finding new solutions, they rolled a lot of things back, right? Yeah. So they said, right, we change this. Now everyone's out, everyone's out. like, you know, the addition's done. Uh, they're just going to roll things back and give you the rules that you had originally, which is pretty cool. Um, and, you know, that's a win-win scenario because people just want, you know, they want changes and actually things they're more familiar with mm. are much better changes to make than like, oh, now you've lost three and a half points off this item or whatever. So... Not that they were going to change points. They don't do that at this point. But, you know, as an example. Um, so for me, I think it's it's all, it's pretty good overall. Um, mm-hmm. I, again, I got it. They didn't make like um, changes to some other factions like Death Guard and all that kind of stuff. Because I know that, um, you know, a lot of those factions are struggling. And they're outside of the 45 to 55 thing. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't they have fixed it? That's sure. the only thing I think is uh, is a bit of an issue. But, but overall, fairly happy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's enough to at least shake up and adjust things a little bit as we we enter the run in. I was happy this is a, a very personal one of course. I was very happy to see Talos and Kronos get core back. Um and the main reason for that is that the Army of Renown doesn't make any functional sense if Talos and Kronos don't have core and I haven't actually run it and I would like to run it before the end. So actually if someone I don't mind any six plus plus wants to Come and play against the Jakari Coven Army of Renown for a bite-sized bat ref. I'd like to give it at least one one run out before we're we're done with the edition. So try and get that in in the next couple of weeks. I think that'd be really fun to do. Um, so yeah, that that excites me. Jakari still not good, but um, but that's that at least means I can do some fun stuff with the uh, yeah world. World eaters secondary is not nerfed equals good. So to say, I suspect Alex Fowler is a little bit biased by the sound of it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think they need nerfing. People need to get over the fact that some some armies are going to have better de- better secondaries than others. It's a it's that's just the way of it. It's, and sometimes it reflects issues those armies have. World eaters, for example, are just going to run at you. If that's all they can do, and you're going to kill them because that's not hard. And then the des- the secondaries are designed to put you in a race against time to make sure you do that properly and quickly, rather than just laugh about holding them off and then finish the job and then win the game anyway. Right? There's a, there's a time pressure that they apply there with that. Um, oh. Okay, Scrivo, yes, let's do it. That's uh, that's Friday daytime. We've booked it. The army of renown of the Coven will run into, I'd guess, Dark Angels. Let's have it. <laughs> that'll be that'll be good fun. Um, excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, okay. So, oh, one negative thing. So, I I was a little I for GSC. I I think most GSC players would agree that they hit the probably the wrong secondary. I'm a little confused that they went for Brood Swarm rather than just making ambush harder to score. 
Again, that was a that's a weird choice, and I think there's a couple of things with this that were, are worth pointing out because I listened actually to Art of War going through this, um, and I don't necessarily agree with the way they were envisioning this and seeing that Brood Swarm was essential and in its existing form because it allowed GSC to play an extremely passive hiding game which in the meta they're currently in is essential. You cannot beat Guard by being in the open. You cannot beat Marines by being in the open. You need to be able to hide and stay in the game and bide your time. You can't do that with Brood Swarm now. You have to literally dominate all across the board for three turns to score 15 on it. So it no longer allows you to do that. And secondaries like Behind Enemy Lines into exactly those armies. I know they were saying, oh, they can just score Behind Enemy Lines. Have you actually played against any of the armies in the current meta is what I would say. Because I would suggest that a huge number of them have massive 24-inch bubbles of you can't come in here here all across their entire deployment zones across most of the game and an entire army sat in it so actually no they can't do that it's also not how gsc play if you're a gsc player and you're leaving resources that mean anything in the opponent's deployment zone at the end of your turn you're not doing it right you're trying to kill stuff and get away or do damage from a distance if you can or occasionally you do take their entire backfield with your whole army but only in very specific circumstances so yeah i, I dispute this i don't think it was the right change um, I dispute the idea that we can just take up behind enemy lines and have that work the same way because that's nonsense. Um, and I think it hurts GSC precisely into the matchups that are currently difficult for it, um, which is the, the armies currently at the top of the game. So GSC is stuck in now in this sort of flat track bully position where they're still going to run over a bunch of stuff and their win rate is probably still going to be good. But I don't, I, I, this has really hurt them in terms of their, their gameplay into exactly the armies they've been struggling into recently. Cool. Okay. So, what do we think things are going to look like going forwards? Um, what do we imagine the, the end of Arcs of Omen meta is going to be? Now, as you say, Chris, we are having fun with this now. People are getting silly with it. But what do we think our top dogs might be? Iron Hands and Space Wolves. Iron Hands and Space Wolves, yeah, straight up. Like, that's just where it is, right? Because Custodes also got nerf, right? And they were one that maybe could have snuck in there, but they got, they got a little adjustment. So they're in... Minor one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So, yeah, I think I think basically more marine dominance um, followed by early edition marine dominance. That's kind of the era I would expect us to be in now. Um, and Terminators will probably be back again because we're going to buy a load of them because there's new Terminators to, uh, to buy. <laughs> Devious D says, why, yes, I am a 40-something who's been using this nick since I was a teenager. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you, Devious D. Lowest of men has been around for a very long time as well. Um, that's the way of these tags. I love it. Cool. Um, do we, is there any sort of surprise beneficiaries, do we think? Is anything going to pop up or appear that we might not have seen for a while? Any sort of outsiders might sort of get back in the game? Was anything, were any of the buffs enough to do that, do we think? I don't think so. I think Tyranids are still shit, even though it's not <laughs> buff. Let's be honest, it's, that's not the problem they had. Is there, there going to be a, a bug watch show I can watch that's going to explain what happened for Tyranids in this? In this yeah, I've, uh, I've, I just need to record it. Yeah. Sweet. Sweet. I, I look forward to it because I don't fully understand it myself. But you're guaranteed one undefeated list this week, aren't you? Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, um, <laughs> we did... Um, so uh, Tom and I... Sorry, Ed and I, rather, on Friday did an impromptu... Um, what you call it? A tier list of all the different biomorphologies because we haven't been able to change biomorphologies for about nine months. So, you know, for us to be able to get to a table and then decide actually which ones we're going to use, it's worth knowing like which ones to build around and which ones not to. So if you're interested in that, watch the video. <laughs> um, but other than that, though, I, I don't see it being like a game changer for us, as you say, Aaron. Like, it's not really the issue. 
Um, I don't have any sympathy for people losing transhuman. They can get, shove it right up them. Uh, <laughs> but um, given that Turidid Warriors lost it as well, and mm-hmm. Zone Throps lost it, um, despite costing 70 points. So it's, it's this all happened, right? So yeah. In terms of other factions, though, Tau? Yeah, no, you're right. Broadsides, potentially, right? Is there yeah, an, like, is there an artillery-based guy... game in there? Yeah, there's a guy that we're going to the, the uh, I'm at GT this weekend, and one of the lads is taking nine broadsides. Mm, so that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, what's, the ra- what's the range on broadside SMS? 24? 30. 30. Mm. I think that might finish guard off, you know, between Desolation Marines and broadsides. I don't. I feel like guard's going to get dropped. I don't think people are going to stick about on guard. Um, in the meta as it now stands. I feel like having been quite heavy, I think this is there's just going to be too much stuff that picks up the little bodies. That's my main feeling about what we're going to see towards the end. I think Guard might have already had their moment, but that might not be fair. Um, yeah, they've had the three months in the sun, right? After being crap all edition. Yeah, exactly. For four years, three months is a, a worthy yeah. trade. Absolutely a worthy trade. Orcs going to be alright, Aaron? They're still going to be in a good spot, do you think? Yeah, I think they're absolutely fine. Nothing's changed for them. Um, yeah, Dark Angels going away probably helps a bit. There's more play into the other Space Marine armies than there is the Dark Angels. Yeah, they were always your worst one, right? I think. Yeah. Mm. So I think yeah, they're in a reasonably good position. Yeah. Well, demons, demons, pretty, pretty, still pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I think I think demons are. Especially in those Zinx demons. Oh, yeah. Zinx demons, they're no, really good. So. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Smashed him. <laughs> yeah, no, they're in. Um, I think demons are just in a nice spot. That's where the chaos players are going to have their fun for the end of the edition, right? I don't see anything else yeah. really taking their interest. They've got cool delivery. They're fun. I think they absolutely demolish the unwary, mm. um, and they can hang with a lot of these current top armies by means of the delivery. Jack Tight says disciples of Bellicor are going to be a thing now. Mm. I'm down with that. I like yeah, disciples of I like beast of Nurgle re-rolling hits. It's just hilarious. It's just truly quite scary. And DZ says, if we're ignoring the upper upper echelons, then most of the 3241 armies have a fair crack at each other over the next few months. And I'm inclined to agree with that. I think that's absolutely right. I think there's a lot of um, interesting balance and engagement with armies most of the way down the pile. So if you're interested in, in, in playing those games, I think, I think there's loads you can do. It's just that the very top is going to, I reckon, be quite samey now till the end. I don't think it's going to be massively exciting up there. Um, but people that like winning stuff will will enjoy that because it's nice. It makes it easy for them. Um, great. Okay. We are now going to move to a mystery segment. It's another mystery segment. It's our man. <laughs> it's Davey. After oh, yeah. absolutely shocking the world with a, a devastating impression of Adam Camilleri a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> it was literally he's, devastating. We've, we, my... we've placed our faith in him once again. <laughs> and he's going to deliver. So, Davey, what is your segment this week, mate? All right, uh, let me let me share this with you. All right, hopefully this works and it isn't shit. Uh, let's have a look. All right, the quote of the century. Can you see my screen? Uh, so you, I can add it to see now. It's there. Sweet. Yeah, if we can uh, enhance. There we go. Sweet, nice. Um, cool. So, guys and gals, let me tell you a little bit about myself. Let me tell you a little story about your man Big D. All right. <laughs> this is where I'm from. This is the the county I was born in. It's a place called Cumbria. 
<laughs> lovely little place. It's where Matt, where 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 everything's very, you know, uh, old school. You know, everything's like it was back in the day. And you see, boy, growing up in there, boys like me. This is a picture of me. Don't worry about the Almaty thing. I'll 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 me. This is me in my favourite snack, potatoes, because that's what we eat up north. We just eat potatoes. We fry them, we mash them, we boil them. We do all sorts of potatoes. We do. We eat them. We love potatoes. So it got me thinking. Got me thinking, guys. Um, potatoes. There's so many types of potatoes. I know a lot about potatoes as a result. So I've got a game for you today. I've got a game for you today. It's called GT Winner or Davy's Dinner. Okay. I'm going to show you. So I'm going to tell you some names. Okay. And you're oh, going to tell me game. if that person is a GT winner or an RTT winner or a potato. <laughs> now, at full transparency, I've done this game a couple of times at work and stuff like that. But I did steal it originally from okay. the Blue okay. Envelope podcast, the Magic the Gathering podcast, which I don't think happens anymore. But it is very funny. It's a very fun game. And it's not as easy as it sounds. So what I need you to do, guys, is get your pen and paper and write on one side potato, write on the other side, GT oh. winner. Um, if you need spelling, the words are on the screen. Could I, not, not that I want to just recycle my two lead belcher arrows, but can I just have up for GT winner and down for Davy's dinner? Is that no. right? Oh, only if you remember. You have to say it out loud when we vote. Okay. Is this... Oh, hang on. Is this a BBC Radio 1 thing? Maybe. Oh, right. I didn't know that. Oh, never mind. I feel like a fraud now. <laughs> um, Lewis is very right. well listened. You know, he knows these things. He is. He's very, a man of culture. Uh, Radio uh, 1. Radio 1. <laughs> Nine. Blue Envelope yeah. podcast. Topato or potato? Topato. That was what they called it. Topato. Yeah. So GT winner or Davies Denny. You can see I've tried. All right. Let's go. So first one, guys. First one. Aaron Victory. Is Aaron Victory... I've got the thing here. I've got my notes. One second. Right. Is Aaron Victory a GT winner mm -hmm. from Perth, Australia, taking Dark Angels past two mirror matches to victory, or is it a potato? Okay. All the potatoes shown in pictures are the actual potato. I just want okay. to make sure that I did, you know... I, I absolutely made this right. So, GT yeah, winner. As I say, with mine, with mine, the arrow will be pointing down if it's potatoes because they can be found down in the ground. And the arrow will be pointing up if it's a GT winner because they are up in the top places. Cool. Okay. I love it. I love it. Sweet. All right, guys. Reveal. Potato. Potato, potato mate. Potato. potato. Well done. I think that is, that is potato. Well done. Yeah, well done. baby. All right. Let's get to the next one. Let me just find the horns. What a magnificent name for a potato. Aaron. Oh, it is. It's great. There's another one, actually, which I wish I used, which maybe wouldn't have been as obvious, but hey-ho. All right. The Knee Samso Kartoffler. Right, okay. Knee Samso Kartoffler. Is this a GT winner out of Denmark taking first place with Back Templars by one battle point? Or is it a potato? You ready? Go. So. Potato again. Potato again, guys. You kill it. You kill it. Yeah! as well. All right. Is that, is that because Black Templars can't win uh, GT? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Absolutely right. right. Absolutely right. All right. Is this Miguel Dura, Ooh. the GT winner of Spain with Orcs, 
Or is it a potato? Ooh. Right, go. GC winner. GC winner. Yeah, well done, guys. This is this is Spain is exactly the kind of place you could win a GT with orcs. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And he actually had this as his warlord, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a lovely model. It is a really good model. Is it any good, Aaron? It's a big mech in Mega Armor. Yeah, never played it. It's all right. <laughs> nice, nice. Right. I love this game. Next one. Uh, Clavella, uh, a Clavella Blanca, is a GT winner. <laughs> Of the first GT ever to happen in Cordoba, Argentina, Ooh. smashing everyone with Dark Angels, or a potato. Oh, this is tough. All right, go. Potato. potato. Oh, I went Argentinian GT with it. It is a potato. Oh, no! Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tommy's down one, but the other I guys am, are going I'm strong. I'm out of the running. I'm going home. I might just quit the event now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> I'm just going to leave that one there. Right. Uh, ben Leeper, <laughs> is Ben Leeper a GT winner Australia with, in Australia with three school cannons and a torment bringer on Hellflare or a potato? Oh, no. I've lost this all faith in myself. I'm in a spin now. My perception's been skewed. All right, guys, go. GT winner. GT winner. Potato. It is a... GT winner! Yeah! Aaron is just. Aaron is. Are you? Have you got some northern blood in you, Aaron? Is that what this is? Uh, a little bit, yeah. All right. The next one is a read-along, guys. I'm not going to be telling you. Uh, I'm not going to be saying this out loud because I can't. Uh, so is this <laughs> the GT winner of the China Warhammer City tournament with Sisters of Battle, or is it Potato? Would you like to attempt pronunciation, David, just so we know what nope. we're dealing with him? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't even know where to start. Why is there a number 32. in there? No, why is there a random number? It's a good question. Is it A, GT winner, or David's dinner? Uh, David's Go. dinner. GT winner. Potato. Nothing ventured. Tom, you've clawed your way back in. It is a GT winner with the 32 in his name. Who has the name? I always believed. I always believed. Racist. All right. Next one, Red Lasoda. <laughs> right, is Red Lasoda a GT winner of, out of New Mexico, winning with Tau on GW Terrain, or is it a potato? Ah, uh, surely it cannot. No. All right, reveal them, guys. Potato winner. Aaron, you're throwing it in the bin, mate. It's yes! Yes! <laughs> you started, Ollie, you started off so strong and I knew I'd claw you out. I'd peel you away eventually. All right, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. All right, next one. Covid Dante. Is this a GT winner in Eastern Christ Europe with the CSM list? <laughs> what? Covid Dante? Covid Dante. A GT oh. winner in Eastern Europe with the CSM list taking Cypher. Cypher. Or a potato. Oh, I don't like this one. All right, go. Potato. Potato. Guys, this isn't only just a GT winner. This is the GT winner of the first event in Ukraine since the war. <laughs> wow. So a big round of applause to that guy. Hey, all, think, yeah. all credit to that guy. Well done. All credit to that guy. Well done. And, and I'm really sorry everyone thinks your name's a potato. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one, next one, next one. We have the 
Neverstrinsky Krumpia. Is this a G2 winner out of Serbia scoring three 100s with his Grey Knights? Or is it a potato? Um, Krumpia. What does that tell us? All right, guys. Reveal him. Potato. It is a potato, guys, for the yes. first time. You got them all right for the first time so for a while. All right. We've got three more, guys. We're nearly there. All right. Next one. Oh, that was that was pure stress. I don't want this to be over. I'm, I'm you know, I've never felt this alive. <laughs> right. Is this is Drew Bravo an Ooh. RTT winner with a 1,250 1,250 1, points of Eldar Army, or is it a potato? Mm. All right. Reveal him. RTT winner. RTT winner. Yes, this is a oh. RTT winner. Uh, one thousand, yeah, it's one thousand two hundred fifty-point RTT. <laughs> Second last one, guys. It's getting close. So, do we know who's winning? I think, I think Tom's winning. We I'm up one. by, I'm up by one. Yeah, and Aaron's oh. behind him in line with Chris. I think so. It's very close. Yeah, I crossed. I did put Dante in the GT winner first, and crossed it out and put it in potato, and that's when I lost it. I thought oh. too much about it. Yeah. Now, sometimes you overthink these things, man. You know, I get it. I get it. All right. Pa Highlander. Is this an RTT winner with Bellacore Bloodthirst, a lot of change, five times ten bloodletters, and three times three flamers in the shortest uh, list I've ever seen in my life? Or is it a potato? All right. Reveal them. Potato. GT winner. GT winner. Tom is. Uh, it's a GT winner. Right, yes! Guys. Yes! Guys. It's We've just nice for me to finish top Tom or something. If this one wrong, Chris can get the draw. All right? Oh, true. So, I'd happily right, the last one captain. is possibly the trickiest one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the last one. Linda Potato. Is Linda Potato <laughs> a GT winner going 5 0 with Ravenwing, uh, with a Ravenwing list with two oh, Talon Masters and no Deathwing? Hell. Or a Potato? I think I think they must be, and this is where you've got the whole flipping game from. Sure, or oh, oh no. Well, I know what the safe money's on. All right, guys, reveal them. Go, Dado. Dado. No. <laughs> Don't leave me like this. <laughs> It's a potato! Oh, <laughs> no! Who would have thought it, Linda was a potato? It literally, Linda, I think in uh, Portuguese, means be uh, is beautiful. So it's beautiful potato, I think. Sweet. Well, that means Chris and I tie, which I'm happy enough with. That's all right. Yeah, well, I got eight. That's absolutely reasonable. Well done, Chris. Well played. Good game, good game. Good game. Good game. Good game. Do you think there's anything I could have done differently for next time? Anything, anything I could have done better? Um, take the safe option, my screen. Take yeah. the safe option. Um, oh, yeah, I can see us all again. Uh, people in the chat, is Davey no longer sharing pictures of No, no, he's still yeah, sharing it. Fine. See it on the live preview. Oh, oh, right. How do I get rid of that? Do we have a way for that to end? I've got rid of it, it's fine. Oh, sweet. Cool. Oh, thanks. Nice one. Okay, Davey, that was brilliant, mate. Enjoyed that. Yeah, very, I'm very fun. Enjoyed it. Very, very fun. So, you're going to kick us off now because we've got event recaps to do and you went to a different event to us on the weekend. So just going to... Oh, mine will be quick. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's hear it. Yeah, so I uh, went, went over to uh, Kingdom Gaming. Uh, so a, a relatively new group of um, 
a relatively new setup over in Northampton. Um, they work out of a very cool, like old school warehouse. Not where, what's it? Like a, obviously it was a factory or something back in the day, I think. Um, but they're just moving into uh, Northampton Town Centre now, so they're very excited about that. But this was their final, I think, um, event before they do that. It's really cool little place and really, really nice guys, really friendly. Uh, unfortunately, I had to drop after round one um, for, for reasons. But um, I did get one game against my favorite, one of my favourite opponents ever, Joe Thorley, with his Inch Demons. Uh, really great game, really fun Um I think he he just made a couple of early mistakes early on, and and my list really punishes mistakes. So, mm. um, so is yeah, this the, the, go, the Gorgon home against this, David? It is, yeah. So I did, I did, I am, tr- I have been dabbling in other bits. For example, I went to play a game last night, and uh, I took this this new list that I'll talk about on Bugwatch, which is a behemoth list and blah blah. blah. It's got no obsec in it, mm. and I got ruined by another Gorgon list in my first ever Tyranid Mirror game. Ah, uh, okay. So, but I will be taking this Gorgon list to to events. I think probably for the rest of rest of ninth. Um, but no, it's good. It's it's all Hormigans and then two Tyrannocytes that just drop in front of Sweet. my opponent with about seventy five wounds. And it's really funny. It's like, well, what do you do now? Go. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's good. It's good. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, very good. And um, you you staying at another event this weekend? Is that right? Yeah, so oh, but and of course, I had massive envy of you guys over the weekend with all your games and all your chat. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, of course, very, I mean, you guys will go into it, but I was very proud of you all. Um, oh, nice but this start. weekend, I've got the Hertz GT, so yeah, as I mentioned before, oh, very I'm, exciting. I'm literally over prepping for it now. So, in, in, in a weird kind of uh, I'm, I'm trying loads of different things, so you know, comparing all my scores, um working out which which games are favorable so i can give myself a reasonable expectation because there's only about i think there's about 15 or 20 players there so i can easily go through everyone's list and go where, where i think is favorable where i think it's not favorable so yeah that's kind of what i'm aiming at at the moment is just trying to over prepare take out what i learn and what's useful and then use that next time yeah really cool and you're going to be obviously it's you're going to be one of the armies that's going to be best positioned to just hit the ground running as well you know could be a good time um, yeah, yeah. that's it new new rules new exciting time um, ahead as well so there'll be lots of stuff in your, in the near future to be really excited for True yeah, Demon Lord says me and Davey repping at Hearts yeah, this weekend absolutely. that's awesome go get him Franco we believe you are the best of us I'm probably one of the only Tyranny players who's just not really I, 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 I'm not looking at 10th I'm not reading in, you know it's in our team chat and stuff but I'm still like Nice to hear this is what I'm playing at the moment, and then I'll worry about 10th when it gets here, I think. Well, that's a very healthy way to engage with it. Mm. Absolutely. As I say, it's, it's something to take note of and then crack on, as you say, because I think it's so easy to spoil the here and now because you're worrying about yeah what you know what you previously had or what's coming up next, and there's lots yeah. still to be done, as you say. But yeah, as I say, I th- just think it should be you should be able to roll through with that army and have lots going on, which is a pr- very promising place to be. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay, so we're now going to move to basically an event recap, and I've left us a good chunk of time because I know I know I have a certain captain who likes to debrief us very thoroughly on his games. I don't know if you've seen him anywhere, <laughs> um, and I thought if I give us loads of space for this, then me and Aaron can do that as well. And, um, and what we'll do is we'll jump across the rounds and actually tell the story of event one round at a time and go 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 across the different armies, right? Because this was a good event; we had a good time. It was an interesting time in the meta. Um, and then we'll field some questions to finish up and get on our way. So a reminder, this was the London Open. I think it was like a 140-player event. Um, it's just outside of London near Wembley Way. Um, so very easy for us to get to. 
that the school that it's set in is a very nice venue for 40k it's always worked well i've i've unconquerables was there last year so i've seen the venue before and it's a decent place um and we it's definitely worth giving a shout out to the sort of uh, west african style food stand outside this That's time amazing. oh my word yeah like jollof rice nice sort of spicy chicken quite healthy but also very yummy is actually a, if, if more Warhammer stands could head in that direction, I know <laughs> I will be better for it in the long term. So I think uh, that's that's very much what I'm what I'm here for. So shout out to them. They were they were so bemused by Warhammer. They had absolutely no <laughs> idea. I was explaining it to them. They were just like, I guess people like what they like. <laughs> um, so yeah, this was five rounds and then a single top cunt. Top, oh, top cunt. <laughs> Single top. I mean, that's not how I would describe our <laughs> Which was won by Manny Chima, and that is absolutely. Don't read too much into that. That's, that is not at all. I'm not throwing anything at anyone. <laughs> right. So, do you want? Do you guys just want to recap what you took, and then I'll do the same, and then we'll go through the rounds. Aaron, you start. Yeah, I, I took orcs. Uh, dropped a kill rigs are down to two kill rigs. Um, Thirty beast snagger boys. Couple of trucks. Um, truck boy knobs. Another knob. Um, Zag struck. Uh, Squigasaur boss, the 30 Gretchen, 30 Storm boys. Um, yeah. And Good having, list. having, having, it's a pressure build, right? And having played yeah. this on UKTC terrain for a while now, what would you say its issues are on UKTC specific terrain and what would you say it's good at? Um, Overall, it's pretty good. Like, oh, um, yeah. <laughs> I, ultimately, if you want to like really streamline it, you take the kill rigs out, but they're just such great models and so much fun. But like, the Storm Boys on UKTC are able to stage very well. If your mm -hmm. opponent sits back, you can just go into the middle ruins. There's and lots wait of and nice then... spots for them to be, right? And then the wild gets them all the way there. Yeah. And like the having, it's finding that mix of the transports because that's one of the problems it has. Mm -hmm. Where they've got like quite a bit of congestion in some of the redeploys of the um, terrain pieces now, it can be difficult to get as many kill rigs and trucks through as you'd want. Like some of the areas of switch, so you can't get some uh, vehicles through them. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that that's the sort of issue it has. Is it, it all comes down to its movement. So obviously, the more infantry you can have that goes through and has the speed, which is why the thirty storm boys. But yeah, I think it's just trying to find that um, uh, delivery mechanism for yeah. them to, to follow up after the storm boys. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's it's big in one phase, isn't it? So actually managing and staging that without stuff getting in its own way is always always the key to success and you've also got to get there without getting blasted off the board yep. and UKTC certainly does offer up shooting angles to those looking to to shoot you back as well so that's that's always a challenge for it yeah I think it's possibly having a few throwaway units to yeah. screen out some of those angles that can go yeah yeah a hundred percent and working out what what how much you can afford to pay on that I think that's an interesting yeah. point yeah and then obviously Chris Admet right yeah of course <laughs> um, barring the last 20 minutes before this submission. Uh, those you listened last week will know I took Yanari for the first yeah, time you did. ever. Yeah, you did. Um, and then proceeded to do a lot of painting over <laughs> that last week just to try and get it all done. Um, but no, so, you know, I played one game. I played one game with that particular list, which was the game we spoke about when I played the. Um, so yeah, it was Yanari, it was Incarn, Farseer on bike, Warlock on bike. Um, two units of rangers, a unit of five Harlequin troops in a Star Weaver, two units of Dire Avengers, two units of Striking Scorpions, two units of Howling Banshees, three individual D cannons, and a Wave Serpent. So the very, idea very nice. was 
lots of MSU, lots of things that can do some damage or score objectives, um, at secondaries or do both and then die and then the Khan can pop up. Yeah. Um, it was just a going to hurt you as much as I can in the first two turns and let's see what happens kind of style really, which was refreshing because it was very different to Admech and very different to Harlequins as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, it was, as I say, I mean, one of the reasons I was pushing for you to take it was it was just fun watching you play. It was clear when you, in the practice game that we played with you and Ed that you were enjoying yourself. And I think that's an underrated uh, aspect of playing an army in 40k sometimes. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what would you say on UK, again, to, to sort of focus in on UKTC with its very specific sort of terrain meta, what would you say Yanari uh, are good at and benefit from on that sort of terrain and what kind of challenges does it present for them? Yeah, I mean, the right, you have just about the right amount of units to fit wherever you want and they don't yeah. have a big footprint so you can no, kind of null deploy pretty easy you can start everything off well a lot of things off board if you want um and that kind of varied game by game um and then because there's more units you can kind of stage um tide of convictions probably one particular map where it's hard to hide everything mm. um but yeah it enables you to stage and then slam into your enemy in the next turn um i didn't play into any gun liney type lists so yeah, yeah. i can tell you what would have happened in that instance but it felt never was i like oh i can't jump anywhere i can't be where i need to be i was always able to get to the point i needed on the turn i needed to definitely was... yeah i think i think between transports and fate dice and the the, and the units that you picked you can cover those distances right you've got those channels where actually it is hard to get across for some armies chaos space marines are a good example of an army that just they really struggle to actually get over those distances right mm. outside of a couple of particular builds some armies hate it um but i think craft worlds and harlequins have the requisite speed to very reliably make those distances with single units and play that tradey shut you down msu kind of game yeah they were very consistent um, i should also say i had three shining spears and yeah, did. the three shroud runners i've got a feeling we're going to hear only good things about the shining spears i reckon they you're going to be mvps I reckon. we'll see won't we tom we will see. <laughs> um finally for myself i um had had a good time out with a triple Phoenix Lords, a Syriani list at Outriders. And what I tend to do when that happens is that I then get very carried away and I put that list immediately into a GT and, and take it out there. So I pretty much did that. I, I could try to remember if I changed it at all. It's got um, Baharov. You added a thousand points now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Snuck more in. I, um, I have Baharoth, Morgan Ra, and Jane Zar, so three Phoenix Lords. Um, so phase caps on those, they can only take three wounds in a phase. They're all good little killy characters in their own right. I had a Farseer with the Mortal Wound, the Konyo's Bow. I had some Rangers, I had Striking Scorpions. I had Dire Avengers, two, two packs of Dire Avengers to come in off the flanks. Warlock running around and and then some Fast Attacks. I was playing the masterful shots, um, Swift Strike. And um, I had added to that, that's what I added, I added Swooping Hawks. Swooping Hawks went into that, um, and Warp Spiders to make the most of the advance and shoot and, and battle focus, right? So the idea with that is that Baharoth and the Swooping Hawks are popping out, chipping away all game, um, and the Warp Spiders do the same, but they leave me some mobility with the teleport to get other places later in the game. DBSD says that you're telling me I'm standing here in front of a dozen Neophyte Sprues and the best I can hope for is Romelu Lukaku status. DBSD, I'm afraid that is exactly where we're currently at. We're in the... We're in the we're, I, I, I'll be interested to see. Um, some stuff's been attempted with Rusted Claw, truck-based lists that seem to mitigate artillery a little bit. I know Eric Latharis has been doing that. 
but I think in the main, the Neophyte Bikes build um, drowns a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff still, um, but then does get pretty reliably picked up, I think, by the, by the top set at this moment in time. Uh, certainly been my experience with it so far. Um, cool. And then to return to the Eldar list, uh, a Wraith Seer with a D cannon, a Night Spinner, and three D cannons running in a big squad, because um, I don't, didn't have as many support slots. So this has a lot of ways to shoot teleport back. It's not where Chris is, I think, is melee trading a lot more aggressively, pushing units into the enemy lines. Mine is mostly shooting and staying out of reach and then looking to flip over and change the positions towards the end once I've whittled the opponent down. So you have to play a slightly uncomfortable game where for a turn or two you're giving up a lot of the board, like a lot of the board, um, and drawing them onto you. And then eventually the, the resilience in different places from the Phoenix Lords and the, the chip damage and the fact that you're often killing their stuff and they're not killing you back begins to add up, but it doesn't add up till about turns three, four, five. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting list. I really enjoyed playing it, and I think the uh, the Phoenix Lords are extremely fun. And we had agreed beforehand that someone was going to get a fiver for the first time Morgan Ra died because he didn't die at the Outriders RTT. So there was a fiver in the offing for someone to get uh, if Morgan Ra could go down. So round one, let's have a little recap of your round one game. Let's start with you, Chris. Uh, yeah. So round one, I played um, uh, a chap called Tom who was running Necrons. And um, really interesting in as much as I read the list and I was like, okay, three, um, like three convergence of Dominion, Silent King. Love you, Vic. Um, <laughs> uh, two Catan, nine Scarabs, nine Scarabs, two units of Destroyers. I was like, we'll be fine. And on Friday night, Aaron, Paul, myself went out for a drink. And as we started speaking through it, I was like, I really can't kill these scarabs efficiently at all. So I like <laughs> just the, more, the scarabs at the start. You're like, oh no! I just started spiraling, and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Like, he's just going to shut. I'm going to have to. Oh yeah, and I was like, all over the place. Basically, Tom hadn't played too much um, recently, um, and I would say he probably didn't quite deploy right and that sort of thing. He went first, and he played really passively because he felt he was just going to win the passive game, which right. he was probably right at. He obviously didn't bank on the sheer unbelievable power that you know you can bring so uh especially if you give them several turns to keep doing it yeah so you can turn do. one i staged and then turn two i sent in about a third of the army <laughs> i was able to pick up both um the katans um in, in one turn which was nice whilst i was also just chipping away at the other stuff you know i'd mm. killed his um tomb blades which were going to score points i was chipping away at the scarabs and his counter strike wasn't particularly powerful and then i was just able to rush in and at the end of my turn three he had the silent king and five destroyers left nice <laughs> um and we called it there excellent um, um yeah so was, uh, the, the mortal wound tech they don't like do they necrons and again they've really got to stop you doing that quickly if they're gonna survive long term yeah yeah it was um so yeah it was a nice solid victory excellent I didn't get to go first I didn't get to just run at my opponent which was weird um, <laughs> yeah in your two practice is that the strategy for your list? If you get yeah. one, you just run. I'm going to deploy two units of striking scorpions. Yeah. Oh, I'm course, going yeah. to. Ed Watts did this to me. It's fire then... <laughs> five howling banshees, and I'm going to have three shroud runs. Yeah. And they're all going to be in your lines, turn yeah. one, and then we'll see what happens. And um, basically, depending when, if you kill them at the wrong time, the incarn's going to be there to do it next time. Yeah. The incarn did not teleport in this game. No. Um, the incarn just gradually 
made her way up the board um, and then did the ultimate kill of three scarab bases at the end. This this was the other reason I was pro Chris taking this list because I watched him play. It's like, yeah, aggressive. Get in there. Hit stuff. It's Duck good. In. It's nice. It's refreshing. Was you know, it's got a good style. Right, Aaron, what did you have round one, mate? Uh, I played against a lovely lad called Callum Watts and his uh, Dark Angels. Okay. It was his um, first tournament. He'd come with his new club, so it was very cool to be able to go through it with him. Um, he bought a um, Black Knights build with um, very heavy on the Eradicators and okay. Guard. Yeah, so it was good. Um, managed to go first and pull his objective out, which was going to be his uh, yeah, precious yeah. one. And obviously he didn't have the speed to get onto it easily, mm-hmm. um, etc. So managed to just sort of block him into his deployment zone, his bikes, etc. And then just do the wonderful goth thing of applying excessive amounts of pressure to stop your primary. Yeah. Give away a load of secondary. Um, yeah, so managed to push through and um, just pick up all the... No, I don't think Callum got into my half of the board just because, yeah, it was just enough shoved in, in Callum's face that he couldn't chop through it all quick enough. Nice. The green yeah. sea. That's what they do. Yeah, and play guard don't go into them very well because they're strength no, they five, don't. toughness five, so mm. they just don't yeah. quite chew through them. I say orcs just take up space so well. It's, it's quite quite something. Okay, very nice. That sounds like a sort of solid, solid round one win. Yeah. Um, great. And I had... Uh, yeah, it's worth saying, Vic VJ in the chat, obviously, thank you, Vic, for teaching me how to play Eldar again. After a while not playing Eldar, I appreciate it a lot, and I was definitely putting some of the lessons in, but perhaps uh, experimenting a little bit more than I should have been as well. Um, so, in round one, I had Sam Dickinson, and this was my first game against World Eaters. I hadn't played World Eaters before. Oh, really? Very excited to play World Eaters, and he had quite an unusual list but it had a lot of the right things it had the lord invocatus and the pre-game move so he can sling eight bound at you very aggressively so he's got a massive like 22 23 25 inch threat of movement stuff coming at you turn one but he also had three dreadclaw drop pods full of corn berserkers so this is a list that goes and just drops everything down and just runs at you now Sam would have liked to go first. I think that's a reasonable reasonable assessment to make. And um, he didn't go first, which did hurt him a little bit because I have some rangers, I've got scorpions, I can sort of take up some space, make it difficult for the pods to come down in places I'm not very happy for them to come in. Um, and my shooting is pretty good at picking up marines, right? So Morgan Ra starts sniping, Baharoth jumps out, starts getting angles, D-cannons start picking up um, bits and bobs in the in the in the sort of the middle of the board because he'd sort of pre-game move some stuff quite aggressively anyway. Even though he was going second, he thought he'd try and stage some stuff. But turns out D cannons just pop eight bound like no one's business if they don't make their five ups. Um, so I started putting quite a big dent in, and then Sam sort of launched his counter-offensive and brought some pods down. But I was able to just about keep him at arm's length across the game and whittle him down, and eventually the, the weight of damage too and other shots just went through the, uh, went through the berserkers and went through the 8-bound very effectively. So it was, um, although it, was, it could have slipped at any moment, and he did get 10 berserkers into my backfield at one stage, which was a bit peaky, um, we got it done. So that was a 94-66 win. Okay. Round two, Chris. What did you get in round two, my man? I had Votan for the first Votan? time ever. The leads of Votan. The two firsts. Wow. Most broken um, army in the game, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you remember Rocking that thing I said um, about how I want to charge, well, this was the. Oh, it was glorious. <laughs> um, 
Essentially, I, the, the interesting is just like they just have no units. Like they, so they have nothing. She had three units of three bikes, two of the land fortresses, twenty Hurricane Warrior Blob, um, five Thunderkin, like seven of the Terminators, and then a couple of couches. And that was it. Mm. I thought, well, I'm going to deploy on the line then and just run at you. And I got to go first. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like oh which of my 200 point units do I put in the way of my other 200 point yeah, units yeah they were just gradually for it they're like no I want to go first I've got 12 wounds and will die no I've got 12 <laughs> <Yeah>. wounds and, <laughs> and obviously the fundamental issue with Votan is that they really struggle with the secondary game and they're just going to her only out is to kill me very very quickly so then she can catch up on the primary and score end game secondary That's exactly it, yeah. so as long as I could thin them enough um, would be fine. So I kind of sent in two units of scorpions, a unit of banshees, and three shroud runners. They all went, ended up in the deployment zone. Mm. Um, I killed the Hufkin warriors. Only just like Votan were very surprisingly resilient. To be fair to them. Oh, the, yeah, they're tough. Um, and I only killed like half the warriors. Um, and then the game was kind of summed up when my three shroud runners had tagged a land fortress, <laughs> and the land fortress unleashed hell onto these three Shroud Runners, and the Shroud Runners took two wounds, because I've never seen anyone what? roll so many ones and twos. I lightning fasted. Oh. I've never seen anyone roll so many ones and twos. It was horrendous. Disaster. Um, and obviously that meant that Land Fortress was now tagged. Um, there was quite a funny moment. Like Hannah put so much thought and care and very good reasoning and thinking into stopping my income from being able to teleport into... Yeah, because obviously that would cause havoc. Mm. Um, and she gets to the final shooting, which is the Hecaton. She's like, right, I'm going to shoot into that wave serpent. Oh, and I'll just kill those striking scorpions as well. <laughs> uh, I had, to, I think yeah, I yeah. had to say, I had. You have to intervene, right? So much thought into it. I was just like, but remember the incarn rule then. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's 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 nice guy points. Um, I think. But I think, you know, it's very like, clear that they're trying to avoid exactly that. If they've not that, thought then. about the incarn, then fair enough. But actually, yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. much thought. Nah, that's so, nice. um, you're, being, you're being nice. And then the next turn, everything else ran in, and basically we called it. And um, because the only points she was ever going to score were she'd taken no prisoners because they're so stuffed for secondaries. Yeah, eight <laughs> set no prison, which was a seven. So yeah. it fin- I took RBD, so it finished ninety-seven seventeen. Oof, rough, brutal, but well done. Yeah, I was I was chuffy because that was a matchup where it's like you haven't played Votan before. You've only played a couple of games with Unarius. I feel like all the tools are there for this to go great, but it's not yeah. impossible. Something disastrous happens. If she so goes first, it's nice to see convincingly convert it like that. That's really impressive. Mm. Very nice, Aaron. What did you get in round two, my man? I got uh, the lovely Alex Fowler and his uh, world eaters. Oh, Alex Fowler from the chat. Yep. And, Very nice. Uh, Alex, is... if he starts lying about what happened, just, <laughs> tell, just tell us the truth in the comments, okay? Don't be afraid to call him out for the kind of person he really is, all right? Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, on with your version, Eric. It's the second time I've faced world eaters, but the first time I've faced the Lord in the Carter's build, which is okay. a lot scarier. I've played against <laughs> the really uh, Angron version. And yeah, so it was a bit like uh, it's very troublesome if they can get near me straight off the back and obviously mm-hmm. stop my pressure game, blah blah blah. Yeah. So I essentially in set up daisy chained fifteen commandos across the entire area where the Lord Invocatus was and all the units that he could 
give the mm. buffs to. Uh, I then did get to go first, and oh, um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> and just shuffled them up a bit yeah. more to just deny even more angles. Oh, okay. So literally just like holding ground and just completely blocking him out. Yep. And then I, I got greedy, and. <laughs> Alex had put his two rhinos full of berserkers on the line. Okay. And I was like, I know oh, what I done no. last time. Oh, I want to no. wrap them and blow them yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bit greedy. I, I tried to go in and wrap both of them. I should have just gone for the one. Um, and then I also sent in the uh, uh, knob truck boys mm-hmm. into a unit of five eight bound, and they bounced horrifically and just managed to squeeze off one dead eight bound. So they obviously disappeared in return. Yeah. I would have expected them to very severely maul the eight-bound unit, but it wasn't to be. And then, um, because I had got greedy and tried to wrap both, he then interrupted and took out one of the units that was wrapping one of the rhinos. Hmm. Uh, and then, with the one that I had wrapped, uh, like there's because the rhinos were right next to each other, there was no room to get out on one side. There was the um, eight-bound on the other side that I charged into, so. It's looking good. You'd have to do desperate breakout for one of the units to try and get them out, and the other one's going to be lost. And then I managed to leave it on four wounds. They absolutely fluffed their lines. 40 attacks. They couldn't wound anything. It was absolutely terrible. <laughs> but, yeah, look, things happen. And then there was quite a bit. It was reasonably cagey. There was quite a bit of back and forth between us throughout the game. And then that was sort of the one big turning point and sort of really opened myself up for Alex to take the initiative and he had started to. Mm-hmm. And then I was managing to sort of help grind him out and then he bought in his unit of 10 berserkers from reserve mm-hmm. and failed a re-rollable 8-inch charge mm-hmm. into two of my units which would have entirely swung the game the other way. Oh, and wow. Because that was failed, it allowed me to then go into them, wipe them out and just eventually just grind out everything and I think we'd almost tabled each other by the end, except for a few Gretchen on my side, and I think I'd left a... I might have just taken the Lord Invocatus off on the last turn, I think I did. And nice. there was a, like a, a couple of uh, Exalted 8-bound left and a couple of Rhinos, and that was about it. Uh, it yeah. was like a really fun matchup, right? Yeah, oh, it was oh, it really is. fun. It's super cool, that one. Yeah, it was very, very interesting, because like, you both really want to be aggressive, but you've got to do it on your terms. I did initially try to deny... Alex getting the Drowned in Blood primary by like trying to make sure my units that were going into combat weren't starting on objectives and things like that with my staging. Don't bother doing it, they still max it. <laughs> <laughs> Alex maxed 445 for his primaries and, for his secondary, sorry, and I just managed to do the primary denial when it ended up um, 95-84 to me. Oh, very nice, very nice. Excellent. And then I had an absolutely ridiculous game in round two. I hit Byron... Byron Saudi, who I played before, I beat him with my GSC at a previous GTA earlier in the year. He's a wonderful lad, really good player. Um, and it was actually a very similar list he'd brought, which had Kairos Fateweaver, um, the Phase Cat Bloodthirster, Bellacore, and then a whole bunch of assorted Griblies, so Demonettes, Bloodletters, some Fiends, some Flamers, all, all, all of the sort of the main, main big tricks in Demons. Now, the big monster Demons is quite daunting for my little elves. They're quite big things that you can't play that sort of whittle away trader game because they, they, they can just overload, put the whole army in your face and say, we are going to eat you. And this is exactly what Byron did. Byron came to play with his entire army, turn one, straight away, ran it in, which is exactly the right thing to do. And 
I had to run it <laughs> with mine, basically. It's not at all the way I played any of the other games at this event. I was like, I have to send all the Phoenix Lords in. I've got to commit everything. I've got to, I was sort of killing off his assets, sort of trying to kill off everything that wasn't the Greater Demons and sort of bring down the Greater Demons, but it was always going to take me a couple of bites. Kairos at range isn't happening. And then the Bloodthirster takes at least a turn. He's got the, the Feel No Pain on him as well. And Bellacor isn't a go-down-in-one-go kind of guy either. So I was really scrapping to try and finish these guys off before I was wiped out. And I think someone came over, and it was about the start of round three, and it honestly looked like we'd tabled each other. It, it looked like the end of the game, because I, by the end of two, I had killed Bellacor and the Bloodthirster, but he'd also killed massive, massive chunks of my stuff. I think... Um, Jane's eye went down. Morgan Ra got wrapped by some blood letters and died because he couldn't get out, <laughs> which was clever play around the face cap. Um, Did he get the fiver? I, oh yeah, Byron. Byron's is the fiver. Yeah, yeah, Byron has a bit. We've, we've we've been in touch. Byron is sorted out. Um, and this came down basically to, in terms of the secondary scoring, Byron just ran out of assets before I did because he'd taken Despoilers of Reality and I've played against Lee before and I know the thing you have to do is kill all their infantry before the end of the game because I'd put him under massive pressure on the flanks myself so he hadn't had time to bring infantry in and put banners up or do that um, which meant he had to do it at the end so I'd killed all his infantry so he wasn't able to put um, more than like one of these demon flags up at the end so he only got four on that um, and I had also through a cheeky teleporting consolidating Baharoth Nick to hold more at one stage in the game as well, which was which was essential because we'd killed so much there were just these empty objectives around by towards the towards the end and Baharoth just popped up on one and got me a load of points. So it it was jammy as hell. And frankly, um I think Byron would be first Byron deserved to win that game. if Kairos Fate Fever could cast even a couple of powers, he didn't he he didn't show up this time. If he'd got a couple of gateways off early doors I think this could have been um, could have been a win for Byron. So really well played, Byron. That was one of the one of the toughest games I've had in a long time. Great round three. We ain't lost yet. Everything's looking good. We're starting to think about what we're gonna what we're gonna call our sort of GT winners trophy. Um, but what did you hit in the third round, Chris? I hit Drakari. Drakari, um, menace Drakari, of the year. Mm. Drakari live rent rent free in my head. Hate playing Takari. There's just something about there's so many units. I'm like, what's popping out for what bow? I don't know. Um, <laughs> and I played a really nice guy called Anarin. This was actually his first ever UKTC event, but he had a really good understanding of the game. Like he was thinking about all the right things, asking all the right questions. Um, the main thing was he was probably just too nervous. Like we know that elves hate being rushed. Rush right. with Jakari, that's what you have to do. You so have to flood them. Yeah. He put most of his boats, he had a lot of boat, uh, Venoms and Raiders, he put most of them behind his back ruin on conversion. Um, and he just had a couple of, he completely neglected one flank and put a couple of Venoms on the other. Mm -hmm. I got to go first, and I was like, well, what's the minimum I can commit to kind of kill these two Venoms and potentially a little bit inside? So all I did was put five, um, five Striking Scorpions and a unit of Shroud Runners. Like over there. Uh, meanwhile, plinked off some decan, and I was very lucky that my first decan shot went through and just wiped a venom, so stuff came out. So the scatter laser shroud runs could then shoot and kill those incubi, um, and then I was able to kill another venom. So that kind of just set up a nice scene. In the shoot back, he wasn't able to deal with everything in his deployment zone with shooting. 
he had to kill, kill it in combat, which meant it was in Khan time. <laughs> so, this is the only play that I really need to talk about in this game. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, for those of you who know about the Incarn, what you'll know is you want to get the Incarn into your opponent's um, deployment zone, cause a weak havoc with your Flamer, which hits every unit, um, call, uh, spells, which like the Storm Whispers, which does D3 mortal wounds to every unit within nine, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to go and you're going to chop something up. Then you're going to teleport. Then you're going to kill something somewhere else on the board, and then teleport the um, incarn away. And that's yep. like a really standard incarn. Yo yo. Um, and he had left three reavers beautifully positioned in my deployment zone. For behind enemy lines. For behind enemy lines. Drakari will do is give you three reavers a turn for behind enemy lines in turns one two. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, right, it's time. So for the only time this entire tournament I managed to successfully cast Storm of Whispers. It's the only time I ever got to do it. Five difficulty power, isn't it? Um, uh, I think it was six. But okay, it okay. got denied. We just got to keep getting denied by whoever. So I got, got off once. Okay. And I proceeded on about the six or seven units to roll five ones. So I basically did nothing. <laughs> um, the flame did a bit. And then I was like, right, here's a moment of truth. So what I'd done was I plinked some shots into the Reavers, because I, I don't trust my fucking shiny spears. It's done nothing <laughs> this whole game. Um, I'm not going to risk them messing this up by not killing the Reavers. So yep. the Reavers have got three wounds left. Right? So I go in, and I'm like, right, Drizar's nearly dead, because Decan's managed to get to Drizar, um, or he's plinked away, and this other Raider's nearly dead, so... There's the Incarn, either side. I'm just going to split three and three attacks, knock out this Raider, knock out Drizar, and then teleport back. So, my Shining Spears have got a special ability. When they charge, I can roll a dice, and I'm <laughs> four up. I make you fight last. Yep. And I also do D3 Mortal Wounds. Now, my first game, my second game... My third game and my fourth game so far, I've never rolled the four up. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I'll just roll my four. Of course I'll roll my four. And as I let go of the dice, it suddenly clicked on my brain. You don't want to do that. <laughs> that landed beautifully on the five, and I'm like, shit. Right, okay, well, don't panic. As long as I don't roll a five or a six, <laughs> we'll be okay. Obviously, as we can all imagine, I rolled the five. At which point I did three mortal wounds to those reavers, and those reavers died. Meanwhile, the Incarn's like looking around like, for fuck's sake, guys. I was just about to chop these up, and I've got to teleport back to my deployment zone. Oh, man. It was, I was, I was literally like so excited to do the, the play, and completely fucked it up. So um, that was disappointing. But basically, um, then he then proceeded to put a lot of shooting into the Incarn, because I teleported him back, but he wasn't super safe, so he got a bit weaker. So I just hid him, and he popped up again later on. Um, but I just had enough forward pressure. I was able to really um, get a big lead on the primary, and I won that game 94-58. So, very but, nice. Um, very, very it, it nice. Was a, yeah, it was a really fun game. Um, and yeah, I think Anarin, if he just deployed a bit more aggressively, so he could have got his assets into me, maybe yeah, yeah. in my lines a bit quicker, might have been a bit more of a 
definitely. Fine, but yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. Need, need to take basically a very uncomfortable amount of damage. I think Drakari into other Eldar, you're going to have to lose like 600 points and then work with what you've got left after that. Yeah. But if you're up close, you can actually do work. If you're not, you can't, and you just keep losing that much all game. Um, excellent. Okay, great. Aaron, what happened to you in round three, my man? Uh, I got paired into Louis from Mind Goblins, the uh, Dark Ooh, Angels. Oh, Louis Bullington, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And all of the Terminators, the Talent yep. Masters, blah, blah, blah. It's a very nice list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, then me and Louis went back in time and decided to play a different mission to everyone else. <laughs> 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 so I came over, Lou was very graciously setting up the board. So yeah, I, yeah. I started setting up as well and just looking at the book that the Louis had opened and was setting it all up. And we set up Def and Zil. <laughs> you just have one of the old UKTC books. Yeah, must have had it. So I don't know if someone left it there with Louis had it, but yeah, so didn't even think because it's like the same deployment, everything, didn't even think anything differently of it. Um, yeah, so we played that, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> You've committed a UKTC crime. That game shouldn't stand. That's, <laughs> that's illegal. I'm going to get you cancelled. I'm going to email Zach. <laughs> um, hello, Jack. Nice to see you, buddy. But yeah, it was, it was it was a good game. It was always going to be uphill because I was struggling into the Terminators. Yeah, um, I think from memory, Louis went first and sort of marched out onto the towards the centre objective and put the minus one damage on the Terminators and then sort of spread to the side slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, so not all what well, went on. It was quite quick. But what did happen was where um, it positioned, there was an option. There was an opportunity for me to get a six inch charge onto one of the talent masters mm, mm-hmm. i was like i must do that because that's gonna help against codex warfare which louis yeah, took yeah. so early in the game it's gonna change everything like really hurt his secondary scoring and sort of yeah. help him make yeah, him they're, they're absolutely key things. to that aren't they yeah yeah so six inch charge re-rollable five both times so didn't go didn't uh... go my way i i dread to think what the percentage are Percentages are on making that charge. <laughs> you got Overwatch as well, right? Because the Overwatch on two is those guys. Uh, no, oh, only one, one, one of them does. Yeah, yeah, the Arbiter's Gaze one does. Ah, Arbiter's Gaze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there wasn't that one, but um, I can't remember if there wasn't CP. Yeah, Louis, Louis runs, Louis runs two. two. I think yeah. two is the way. Um, but yeah, and it, things started to go downhill a bit like from there. I got into one of the Terminator units. I bought in the Death Dread, which I took for a bit of fun, and gave him exploding fives. He fluffed his lines and hit like twice or something. No explosions, so didn't really go particularly well. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, it was tight. I had another opportunity later on. I would try to get into his characters and went into the chaplain with a unit of uh, five knobs, uh, power claws, and big choppers, and managed to do four wins to him or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, so but it wasn't to be. It was, it was an uphill struggle for it anyway. Lou played it very well, um, and Joe ended up going down uh, ninety-eight fifty-seven. Okay, that's rough. First loss. Yeah, that's rough. Unlucky, man. Um, and that, oh, have I said my third? No, yeah. No, I haven't. Yeah, I got World Eaters again. So having not ever played them, I then played them twice in one day. What a treat, eh? And this was a completely different build. This was Tom Forsner, and he was running Angron. So Angron was there. He had lots of individual Chaos Spawn, because I'm told those are good for getting off the old uh, Blood Tithe scoring. We had some Jackals, lots of Berserkers, lots of 8-bound, and then two war dogs to kick around at the back and do some shooting right this is a very popular some would say almost 
uniform selection being made by Chaos players at this moment in time. The two war dogs, bit of backfield offset, bit of screening, bit of shooting. Very nice addition to the list. And it definitely made this a much more significant challenge um, than the first world leaders list because it, it, it could come back at me in other phases, right? So it had some game there and was able to threaten me um, at range. So... This one, I was struggling for secondaries because obviously World Eaters can deny psychic powers on a four up. Don't like that. Means psychic secondaries are very risky. Uh, he didn't, he designed it beautifully so it didn't give up, bring it down, didn't give up no prisoners. And it was at this point a practice game I'd had with Chris came back to me in which I had remembered that because I have so many aspect warriors, I can muck around with Wrath of Cain. Which is, to, to the those who don't know, in Wrath of Cain, if you shoot a unit with an aspect warrior, one point. If you kill in melee a unit with an aspect warrior one point if you do both in the same turn four and tom forstner has a bunch of chaos spawn little <laughs> individual chaos spawn so i just spend the early turns demolishing eight bound with d cannons and those kinds of things but also just sending aspect squads to hunt for the chaos spawn to make sure i was getting my fours <laughs> every round uh which is quite a fun little mini game in of itself what i love tom was a lovely lovely guy um, and what I love is literally every time he lost a unit, he just said in this gentle voice, he'd be like, oh no, my rhino. <laughs> or like, oh no, my sport. Like, he, he said it literally every single time. He, he, he was so lovely. Um, and Angron was quite scary in this game. I think if Tom had been a little bit more aggressive and had played the trapping potential of Angron more assertively, he might have given me a real problem in the mid-game here. Uh, but he didn't, so I got around that and won this 94.59 in the end. So I was able to sort of hold hold things off and uh, yeah fun to use wrath of cain it does become a very distracting mini game in its own right because trying to get like a phoenix lord to actually decisively kill something not easy you have to like whittle it down with something else and then bully it with like baharoth or something else like it's, it takes a bit of work but it was a lot of fun cool so that was round three um and we obviously had all night to stew on our next day pairings chris what did you get for the the infamous Sunday morning round of Tide of Conviction. Mm, so sitting at 3-0, I'm like, yep. it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a brutal game. Um, so, um, and I drew Daniel Whitaker. So for those who don't know, he's one of the top Eldari players around. Um, I played him years ago at my first LGT where his Dark Reaper Exarch single-handedly, like basically tabled my admec. Um, and I kind of went into this game thinking, well, he's got more experience with Yanari and Eldari than me, um, but I'm going to learn a lot, and you know who knows what can happen. I'm sure I can run it reasonably close, um, and close it was. Oh boy, was it close! So he got first turn. Now, obviously, traditionally on Tide of Conviction, which is a hold two, hold three, um, primary is quite important. So going second means you can get a nice little boost to your primary, especially if you've been struggling. But conversely, going first means you get to cause the first damage, and it means you get to stage. And it means that then you, you can get to dictate the flow of the game. Um, I kind of made, because he we both had scorpions, so I put my scorpions on one side, he put his scorpions on the other. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that. And he didn't want anything <laughs> to do with that. Yeah. Um, so he then got to go first, which meant I was trying to bundle the rest of my army <laughs> behind these runes. In hindsight, I could have actually taken a couple of things off the board, which did, just didn't cross my mind at the time. Um, so he got the first strike, kind of got to come round, and after turn one happened, I wasn't feeling that great about the game. Kind of he dealt more damage than I had to him, 
Um, and he had like a striking Scorpion Exarch still alive, which was going to get to come and probably kill a farce here. I kind of overestimated my powers, um, my psychic powers. The bloody Banshees had gone and not killed a Solitaire. I chose an Assassinate, much like, like Tom was saying. Like, I really struggled with secondaries. Yeah, it's tricky at the minute. He had the Solitaire and he had the Troop Master, who can go really far. I was like, well, I could choose Warp Ritual, but he's going to have a great opportunity at slinging them forward into yeah, my character. The distances you have to be in um, for it are very dangerous, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't have that ability. And he had the Death Jester. I don't have the ability to do that to him, but he has the ability to do it to me. So I was like, I'll just take Assassinate. It might well mean he plays a lot more defenses, defensive with these things. The Banshees went into the Solitaire. Didn't do it, um, which was really annoying. Um and but it did mean that at the end of his turn too he had to kind of kill something in combat which my incarn got to teleport all the way across um and start causing havoc and as the game played out our incarns just kind of mine spent its time over mostly in his side of the board he spent mostly in, we never got the incarn showdown oh well, uh, well, it just well wait i imagine that just goes first incarn to hit wins right you think, well, it's if you roll slightly, but because of half, half damage. Oh, um, yeah. And okay, it okay. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, and it was a really interesting game. Like, Dan was such a lovely opponent. Like, as the pressure ramped up, the. And this was an interesting thing. Oh, shut up, Davey. Um, <laughs> Davey's just said, like, we were both in sync um, for Spelled the podcast. Y and and oh, fantastic. Beautiful. Davey's not had much chance to express himself in this segment. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep getting creative in the chat, mate. It's fine. <laughs> um, and oh, I've completely lost my train of thought now. Good one. Anyway, so basically it comes down to um, I have kind of killed quite a lot of his stuff. He's killed quite a lot of my stuff. And it's coming right down to why because I'm hoping to get this primary swing at the end. Oh, that's what I was saying. He was such a nice opponent. Like he would like be, he was giving me tips and tricks and like, oh well, think about this and that sort of thing. Um, and like we were both allowing like take butts and slight adjustments and oh you could do that. That's fine, don't worry about it. It was like in a really good spirit. And then we were basically running we basically ran out of time and it came down to the final thing. We worked out I needed to kill a character, I needed to knock a banshee's off an objective. And if I did that I won. If I didn't, I lost. So um, the, this was like, like, he was like full about to have a meltdown. Like he was just like all panicking. Even my hands were like starting to shake. It was like we were both like so nervous because I hadn't expected to have much of a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see but that, the that can mentally help, right? Because then suddenly yeah. you find yourself in this position. And all of the Yanari rules just like left my head because I didn't know them well enough. So they're not ingrained yet. So I'm like trying to use fake dice on my Star Weaver shooting. He's like, no, you can't do that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Sorry. I do know these things, I promise. Yeah. Um, and essentially what happened was I pulled my Star Weaver back from combat so to shoot the Death Jester, which is um, on one wound. He fires his Death Jester into my Star Weaver. I'm like, shit. Then he rolls really badly and my Star Weaver survives. Like, right, okay. First thing succeeded. Then I come to my psychic phase. I go for Storm of Whispers. There's going to be D3 mortal wounds. That's going to hurt the Banshees. That's going to kill the Death Jester. I roll a 9. He denies on a 10. Oh, Shit. Damn. Right. Do another targeted mortal wound power onto the Death Jester. Right, okay. I roll. I, I've, oh, yeah, I've used um, Fake Dice for this. So there's a 6. And there's another 9. Right, cool. Got a 9. He fails the deny. 
re-rolls it, makes the deny. Fuck. Okay. Oh, this isn't this isn't ideal. Right, Star Reaver into Death Jester manages to go off. Phew. Part one succeeded. So now the Incarn needs to go into the Banshees. Now the problem is that actually the Incarn doesn't really kill five Banshees. No, it doesn't. Because um... if you think the Incarn has six attacks. Yeah. Okay. Now I can ignore invulnerables and just auto kill every model. But I'm minus one to hit, so I'm hitting on three. So I've got six attacks. Doesn't have in... a sweep, does it? The incarn. It does. Oh, but it would. Uh, it wouldn't. It wouldn't get through the invert. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I had six attacks, which are hitting on threes, wounding on twos, and I need five of them to go through. Or I've got twelve attacks, which are only one damage. Yeah. Oh, and there's next we... in there. Uh, yeah, and we yeah, run out of time, yeah. and I was just like, I just went with my gut, and I rolled the twelve. But you know, that's like I've. Yeah, basically he then rolled... I only got through, like, seven, so he had to make one five up to yeah. survive, or eight, and he got needed to make one five up, and he made, like, three, and that was it. Um, but it was such a cool game. He was like, thank you so much. Oh, that's such a good game. Oh, like, like, he was so relieved. <laughs> relieved, yeah. yeah. Um, and I was a bit like... There was that, there was that five, ten seconds, I was like, fuck's sake. Yeah. Like, genuinely... <laughs> Genuinely saw the dizzying heights of four and zero. Yeah, like. four and zero with Yanari on your first go. Was yeah, I was, but and to, sounds with, like you've had a great go though. Yeah, it was like it was a really really fun game, and I think yeah, I was I was happy with in ish how I played it. Um, I generally and he agreed like maybe my deployment wasn't quite right, but generally the amount of resources I committed and when like the pacing of the game I got right, um, and I gave him a lot of problems. So I was really happy with that. So yeah, that was my uh, that was my first loss, alas. Very nice, man. Unlucky. Unlucky. And Aaron, what happened to you in the horrific Sunday morning round? Um, I had the most delightful gentleman called Steve Scott and his combat Novak um, Necrons. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Very, very nice, man. Uh, my favourite game of the weekend. Not, uh, well, just because it was just, it was very, very cool with both combat armies and he was just absolutely delight to play against. As you'd mm -hmm. say, Tommy was a babe. Yeah. Um, and they had like two units of 20 flayed ones, a night scythe, destroyers, and is it Anrakir? Yeah, uh, Anrakir the Traveller. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so we set up, um, he, he got to go first and uh, came out with a unit of uh, flayed ones and absolutely annihilated my 15 commandos that I'd set there to sort of go and have a, a bit of a nibble if I got turn one. Um, absolutely shocking how much damage the Flayed Ones put out. It's like 80 attacks or something. There they and are. And in sixes, like, oh, this is like, uh, sorry? Um, <laughs> yeah, the Orc player's like, how many attacks? Yeah. He then told me, again, when I double-checked what the special character done, he's like, oh, yeah, if you come near me with one of your vehicles, I can take over its weapon and start shooting you with it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, hang on a minute. I was like, well, I say, he has to die. <laughs> so, Zag struck a torpedoed out of a um, truck on turn one for me and went and dealt with him <laughs> and didn't have the CP to get him up again either. Oh, no. So, I sort of uh, deflated that side of plans and then, yeah, just managed to get a couple of really good charges off and just absolutely yeeted the entire army up the board. Um, took out his both units of flayed ones pretty much. Um, took out his big blob of. Um, scarabs that were doing the action on the center objective got in got rid of his destroyers got into his wraiths 
then got into his back lines and I just managed to take enough off of uh, Steve so that he wasn't able to hit me back hard enough in turn two and then I essentially uh, took all of his other toys off the table at the end of my turn two. Nice. Um, Very so nice. Yeah, it was just so brutal because neither of us really had a lot of shooting and we just charged headlong into each other and see who could uh, slap each other about more. Nice. And, uh, got away with it luckily that one myself and got a hundred thirty two win. Very, very well done man. Back on back on the wagon. Excellent. Super score against Necron, is that right? Yeah, yeah. That is you have to yeah, if you, you have to get them, like them early. That, you yeah. have to really punish them and poor Anne here getting bullied by Zagstruck. That sounds very mean of you, Aaron. <laughs> Why can orcs that are wearing rockets be in vehicles? That always confuses They're me. They're open tops. They take up two people. I don't, I don't like bonnet, it. I Tom, double standards. I don't like that. <laughs> Stand on the bonnet, surfing it with his rocket. <laughs> yeah, they're actually powering it along. Um, and then I, for round four, it's, it's worth saying uh, we had celebrated John Scrivens' birthday on the night before at a curry house in Berkhamsted. So happy birthday, John. I hope you're having a lovely time this week. Well done on being 45 or 47. I forget, <laughs> I forget which one of those you are now. Um, but so we'd got quite merry. Some Baileys were consumed, but we were quite guilty of doing this on the on the Saturday night. We need to stop doing it, but not just yet. And I drew Louis Ballington, who Aaron had played the round before, who is with Mind Goblins, and Louis and I had played on Tide of Conviction not long ago at a GT. And Louis had had end of turn for that one, which is a big deal in Tide. He'd played it really well, and he'd beaten me very narrowly on that. So we got there in the morning and we were both laughing because it is literally Groundhog Day. We are playing the exact same mission again, exact same players. We know how, what the other one is doing. Louis' list is very similar. I've obviously changed things, but actually, as we, as we were commenting on during the game, although it's a completely different army, the way I'm probing and approaching the game is actually very similar to my Drakari. I'm, I'm playing around him and trying to hit him in his weak spots. Um, so it was Dark Angels into, into my craft worlds and... Essentially, this game comes down to... I've got end of turn this time, which is good from where I'm standing. I'm able to probably hold more of the objectives at the end than him, get a bit more in terms of score. So there is going to be a sort of score differential at the end um, with Louis expecting to get ahead early. And this hinge, this game hinges on a couple of key moments. We both play around the side. Louis sort of very tensively puts things in the, in the centre for O's of moment, and sometimes I manage to clean them out, sometimes I don't. Um, and he's probing with his Talon Masters, just picking things off and trying to get his Codex kills. I'm at the same time pushing up one flank, trying to take over and carve out space on that top left-hand side, from which I can then stage an attack to take his backfield in the final turn. That's the idea, right? Keep stuff safe and hidden and secure, and then push, take the objectives for the endgame swing. Jane Zar fails to kill one Terminator. I love you, Jane Zar, but you do let me down sometimes. Um, but she does get back up the first time she's killed, so she's still around to help at the end. Baharoth has a magnificent game, except, and this is one of the big moments, he goes in to kill the Apothecary, spots a moment, gets in. The Apothecary has to make a bunch of 6-up Fiona Pain, survives on a wound, which is massive. I've taken Assassinate, there's Assassinate points there. The Apothecary can obviously get Terminators back up. It was a moment where if I kill the Apothecary, I have enough points to win this game. Baharoth doesn't quite manage it and has to fly off again. Um, I think also I had to use Baharoth or something to prevent a hold more at one stage in the game that I didn't. I opted to, I need, I wanted to use Baharoth for longer. I didn't want to give up wounds on him early doors. So I was like, I'm just going to give one hold more and catch it up later. Again, with hindsight, didn't need to surrender that. Shouldn't have done that at that time. I took Assassinate, didn't score high on Assassinate. 
but the effect it had, as Chris was saying earlier on, was a positive one because Louis's got talent masters. He's got lots of characters. I don't want him just being able to throw those away to play the primary. So making him protect all his characters has a positive overall impact on the game because I've, I've just got less assets than him, so I want to make him careful with his. Um, but where I lose this, simply put, is I misprioritize my RBD quarters. There's a turn when I can get in his most heavily populated quarter with Dire Avengers to tick it off. And because I'm building to push from the other side, I drop them in there first and they RBD and then to then push up. But actually, if I had ticked that other side off, there was no way he was going to be able to screen me dropping in this side in the next turn. Um, and Louis very astutely then realizes this is now the quarter I can stop him. And so he throws a bunch of resources in there, uses it very carefully, very meticulously. And it is worth saying Louis is a very meticulous player. It takes his time. I love you, Lou, if you're out there. You do take your time. Speed up a little. But he's very, very good um, with his positioning and very on point. And he screamed me out perfectly. And ultimately, I lost by a point. And it all comes down to those couple of slips. Three more on Assassinate or finishing my RBD properly. So the interplay there was extremely close. Really, really good game. Um, and I, th I felt like we both played it extremely well. And let's not play on Tide of Conviction for like... <laughs> the rest of our lives, Louis, if that's all right. <laughs> but very well played. Very well played indeed. It's your favourite mission, Tide, right, Tom? I do like it. I don't like it into someone very good on a very good list. <laughs> I like all the hold two, hold threes. I do really enjoy them, but they are tough. They are tough. My two toughest games probably this weekend were both on, on those, Data Sky and on Tide. Cool. So we're going into round five, boys. <laughs> Chris, surely you're going to get a nice pairing for your final game of the event, right? Uh, so, who, what we haven't spoken about so far is another one member of our team, Mr. Paul James. <gasps> Paul James! Um, who has been also on a bit of a rampage with 45 Terminators. He has. He's gone 1-0, he's gone 2-0, he's gone 3-0. And he has then drawn Mr. Vic VJ, who Vic apparently... VJ is quite good at 40k. He's pretty good. And Vic was cacking it about playing... <laughs> Are you trying to uh, wind Vic up? <laughs> and Vic was so worried about oh, this so game. so scared, so scared. He was really worried about this game. And um, Paul was... You know, he thought he had a chance, you know, because oh, at Paul's the end of the day... Paul's pretty level. It's like... <laughs> Paul's just going to run 45 Terminators up the middle of the board and hold some <laughs> objectives and can he come quick enough? Just going to start checking. Stop it. Be uh, nice. Easy. Unfortunately, um, we were all wrong. Um, and <laughs> Vic is in fact. Vic was in fact good enough to outplay Paul yeah. um, and grab a win there. Which unfortunately yeah. meant that Paul was now sitting at 3-1. and one. <laughs> And it now feels inevitable at this point. So, yes, I got the delight of playing against Paul's Dark Angels for his final ever run out um, with the transhumanness. And I'm like, right, okay, well, I can't take behind enemy lines because Paul will do his Paul thing of charging the Shroud Runners with the entire army. And then before you know it, I've got 30 Terminators in my deployment zone. Um, and uh, essentially, Paul got to go first and he rolled a six on the advance. Classic pool. And so there are now 10 minus 1 damage terminators sat in the middle of the board. And I'm like, hmm, see how this game's going. So I um, restrain them. 
Um, I cast loads of psychic powers that fail. Um, I do a little bit of shooting, and at the end of it, I have managed to kill his chaplain. So I've got a lot. There were a lot of snipers in the list. I had a couple of sixes to wound on the rangers to do mortals, and my targeted mortals didn't work, but I was able to chip them down. So I'm like, right, that's one thing done. Uh, then Paul kind of moves those terminators 2.5 inches forward. Um, <laughs> then deep strikes down a couple of other units and goes for the nine inch charges. Thankfully, fails them. Um, I've why we've grenade. Oh, yeah, the chaplain's gone. That hurts his game plan a lot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I why we've grenade the middle ten man. So then nine inch charge now becomes a twelve inch charge, which he fails. Thank you, Vic, for these wisdoms. Thank yeah. you. And then um, <laughs> I'm like, right, wow. There's a lot of terminators in my face. Unfortunately, <laughs> at that moment, my stomach also decided that um, it wasn't feeling too good. Uh, <laughs> I had to depart. The now who's cacking themselves? Yeah. <laughs> Literally and metaphorically. Oh, mate. Um, and I had to depart the battlefield for 10 to 15 minutes, which is relevant because it comes up later. <laughs> Not literally. Um, <laughs> essentially. Come back and fling it at him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just go right. Well, I come back and I'm not feeling great, and I'm like, all right, all this tactical now, fuck it. Let's just see how many terminators we can kill. And over the next two turns, I proceed to kill approximately thirty terminators. Um, the Incarn manages to fail a five-inch charge, which was not ideal. But Scorpions, there was just so much pause. It's like, how much shooting is going on right now? Like, and the psychic and combat. It was a very nervous drive I made. <laughs> It was not pleasant when I got home either, I'll tell you that. Um, and I managed to get him down so that when we got to turn four, there was kind of like a couple of terminators on his backfield home objective, five in the other home field objective, and then five up in my half. And I still had quite a lot of units left. I just hadn't been thinking about the game enough in terms of planting bombs, guaranteeing um, four points on engage, that sort of thing. Um, and so although I had, you know, quite a nice... Um, resource advantage actually I was just a bit behind because obviously Paul's army does so well on primary um, so I'm he keeps knocking me off so he's yeah. scoring a, I'm scoring a 4 he's scoring a 12 for a couple of turns that's really big um, and in the end it's diced down at turn 4 um, and so we just have to call it at 59-53 to Paul um, we then talk it through or Paul kind of works out what would have happened and it's still like a 73-70 win to him, roughly. Um, a lot of things would have had to go my way to have grabbed it right at the end. Um, and, like, it was... Yeah, it was, it was a really, really interesting game. Um, I think maybe if I'd played it a bit more aggressively early on around the flanks to get those engage points and that sort of thing, that would have helped. But, yeah, it was just a hard dice down. And, um, yeah, it should be mentioned... The Paul took behind enemy lines in this game and scored zero. Um, and if he had taken... Um, what's the one where he's... Shock tactics. It's not even a contest. Hmm. Um, because he just beats me so comfortably on primary that I just I can't yeah, kill the yeah. Terminators quickly enough. I'm sure yeah. there is a way in which I could finagle win if I was Vic, but it just felt like it was just the classic spearhead going straight down the yeah, middle yeah. and just like... I can't really get around the flanks. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was a. It was, it was a lot closer than I thought, and I had to do the boring thing of just standing off, shoot, 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 and then just 
bum rush him and hoping. Yeah, I think I think Paul was a bit surprised at how much um, I was able to like kind of deal with him. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really cool game, really fun. Like Paul's such a lovely opponent, um, like to play against. So yeah, it's all in good spirits. Absolutely so done. Are you guys gonna have a rematch now? Oh yeah, well he gets more terminators in his list now, doesn't he? But, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he's he's just taken out all the support and put even more in, hasn't he? Yeah, it? my D cannons and shuriken um, wound on threes and twos now. So. That's much better, isn't it? D cannons um, wounding on twos is nice, very nice. Excellent. Uh, I think so. That was three two in the end, obviously, um, and well done to Paul for getting a four one. And Yanari, how do you feel? Do you like him? Is it something you'll stick at? Do you think? Uh, absolutely, I'm gonna play them until the end of tenth. Brilliant. Uh, ninth. Good. Not the end of tenth. I think it's yeah. a super cool set of rules that draws together two of the most interesting sort of books out there, and, and it, so it's good. I think it's a really, a really fun way to. Obviously, you could, tr- yeah, you could try some Drakari as well if you, if you want to. I know people experiment with Hellions, but I don't think you need to. Um, really, you could do it then. Yeah, I've um, like if you think like kind of build. What was interesting was that Dan and Clement, who went really well. Um, they had the ten bricks of uh, Harlequin yeah. troops, and I taken yeah. them out to avoid mortars and desolation runes, and they just gone. Hope I don't play them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just dodge the matchup. Yeah, exactly. Simple. And I, I did think the the, the, up, the so. target removal that gives you is really quite something, isn't it? So, um, yeah, it's it's one of those where yeah, not letting the um, the meta get in your head too much and just cracking on. You, yeah. you try a webway gate, that's another way of delivering them. Yeah, obviously. so that's what Dan had. He had the webway gate. I mean, yeah. I built a new list. Um, and I've tried. Night, Davey. Bye bye. Yeah, sorry, Davey's had to leave. Um, but um, yeah, I built a new list which I want to try out. It's I've, I would like to have the Death Jester. So, therefore, you and me both, buddy. Yeah. I've, uh, I've added the Traveling Player. I've got the 10 man block in there as well. I'm going to try that out and we're going to yeah. see. Um, how that goes. It doesn't feel like I've lost too much. Mm. Um, I've just, you know, I've lost the second unit of Banshees, for example, lost the Shining Spears. Oh no, a shame. Yeah. Um, uh, they, by the way, they're arse of shit. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're the trash. The entire weekend. They are I mean, a the trash Banshees, unit. The Banshees let me down over and over, especially this Hyper Exarch that has 10 <laughs> attacks at 2 damage. Yeah, I, said, I, still, I like that. The crone scream, but, uh, shrieking um, one. That's the, the one. I like. um, yeah, I've dropped the crone scream. Um, but the fight last and the plus one to wound just means that they can clear up certain things. Yeah. The scorpions were great because you know got exploding sixes. sixes scorpions are very mortals. That that exile was great. Shining spear. They tried at the end. They really did try to prove their worth. <laughs> the the exile managed to survive a couple of turns of five ups to wound immortals. Mm. But yeah, they're fucked. They're gone. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I'll get a go over here, giving that list to go mm. and make some adjustments. But no, really, really fun army. I enjoy just the whole, that threat of combat damage and speed, which I hadn't played before. So great. A good experience all round. And fuck you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron, how about you, mate? How do you finish up? Uh, I went into another lovely gentleman called Baz. Um, ah, Baz Croucher, I think his surname was. Um, oh with, yeah, that's a name I know well. He's been around yeah, a while. Uh, yeah. With the, his Iron Hands, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, very very cool paint scheme on it. It's like all like a turquoisey blue with uh, uh, sort of uh, more of a brass metallics and stuff. But, yeah, very very striking looking army. Um, and I was there on the table next to you for the last round, Tom. 
<laughs> yes, you were. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you had is it demons. Yeah. I had thousand suns, but we'll come thousand. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was a intimidating matchup for Orcs uh, going against all of their firepower. It was um, uh, three units of two land speeders. It was two of the gladiator reapers. It was the special Volkite Contemptor Dread Knight, Pew Pew Guy. Scary, scary list. Yeah. Uh, block of Terminators, a couple of blocks of um, Infiltrators for the no uh, Deep Strikes, etc. And um, I, had a, I had a reasonable plan for it going. I was going to thought I'd play a bit more passively and uh, just try and use my passive scoring to try and make him come out a bit more and expose himself and um, uh, maybe get a bit over eager. Uh, and it was going well until I'd finished deploying and I was like, I've got to remember my last unit I'm going to deploy, which is a unit of five um, bare bones commandos. I need to remember to put them in this place to screen this angle out from his drop pod for turn one to stop him from getting an angle on the truck with the truck boys in. And I was like, go to deploy them. I was like, where, where should I put them? I don't want to put them in the open. I'll just, I'll squeeze them behind that room with these other commandos and then we started, we'd done the roll off for first turn, Baz won it, and I was like, oh yeah, so they're supposed to be over there. And uh, Baz's drop pod proceeded to come down. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I managed to get an angle on the um, uh, truck boys because I'd, I'd cut the angle from the other side that his land speeders could get. So this was the only place that they could go. I'd done it all purposely and then just forgotten the final piece. So it did pop the truck with the uh, knobs in. Yeah, that's right. Which means I didn't get to. The idea of being sling them out, tie something up for a bit, probably take out one of the gladiator reapers, to be honest, because it was mm. hidden behind a ruin that I would have been able to get at. And then just again, stay passively sat there with him not being able to shoot anything and make him try and move to get angles and stage and then obviously flip back onto him. Mm. Um, I think I made a slight mistake with the secondaries. I chose green tide, whereas I think this is where I was going with the idea of a more passive game, but in hindsight, I think I probably should have gone for Stomp and Good because there was no combat going into me. And for example, every time he gave me the opportunity, I would jump out and I'd get the unit of two um, uh, land speeders. So he didn't kill, did he kill anything in combat? Right towards the end, I think I charged a, a kill rig and he got a combat kill there etc but it was all shooting obviously for codex so i would have scored better on that i think mm. and um yeah the change on the um drop pod screening and i think i managed to spin that game around into a wing so it was very very close it went right to the last turn and it was an 88 72 win to baz but yeah it was a brilliant brilliant game really oh, very close really, really interesting very yeah. close yeah and yeah do you think the drop pod issue is enough to swing it in a different direction if you don't lose the truck boys yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, wow. There's no other, tight. Yeah, that's the only way that is they get touched that truck, and then straight away that truck comes in, gets it. They're going to kill the mm. um, unless something goes wrong with well with my rolling this weekend. It could do, but um, with some instances with the not truck boys, but I would back them to take down the Gladiator Reaper and then go and tag something else, and it would have just caused so much problems with having to fall back with something that can't shoot, then having mm. to go after the knobs and um, just allow me to then um, come up more uh, more or less unopposed on along that flank. Nice. Very nice. Well, that was a solid solid 3-2 and you'd scored super high to my memory, right? You had a very, very high... Yeah, I think I ended up 420 battle yeah, points. Yeah, like very, very strong battle points. Um, so really well done, man. Thank and um, anything you'll change going forward? 
Yeah, unfortunately, basically the death tread was a waste of 85 points. It was so fun. Big, I wanted him to be good. Big sad. What a well, waste. I was like, just the idea of going into Terminator as a damage three weapon, etc., yeah. etc. Et I thought it some vehicles. It just didn't work out. So I'm thinking of taking, well, definitely taking the dead dread, death dread out. Maybe taking out the small unit of five man commandos, uh, and then going to chuck in two units of three squid hog riders. And do. Yeah, I know it. they have an issue with getting around on UKTC, but hopefully the idea being they follow up behind yeah, the yeah. Um, Storm Boys. And then they're one of those assets that takes quite a lot of commitment to remove. They're very annoying for their price point. And they, st- they have the punking with the uh, bombs, don't they? It's quite fun as well, the Mortal Wounds. Great. Awesome. Okay. Well, my final game, I um, was ruined, basically, because my event migraine decided to kick in at the end of the game against Louis, which, as you might have gathered, was quite a difficult game um, because there was one point in it. So I'd been doing a lot of thinking for that. So I was knackered, and I then drew Callum's Thousand Sons. And Thousand Sons is one of those bogey armies for me. I've never liked playing against them. Teleportation gives me a massive, massive issue. They've got a lot of good tools for killing Eldar because Eldar don't have many wounds, so they don't like mortal wounds. It's it's a very straightforward relationship to that. So I was a little bit, and it was the mixed in with the Zinch Demon, so you could double tap the Infernal Gateway, some Screamers, Flamers, these kinds of things. So a whole range of threats in here, very scary list. And I was a bit defeated when I turned up at the table, so I need to first and foremost thank Callum because Callum gave me very good pain meds, got me some water was very, very friendly. And basically, I, I don't know if Aaron would have seen this, I was sat down for about the first 40 minutes of this game just trying not to die. And by the end, I was up and running and feeling a lot better. And that was mostly thanks to Callum and, and the care that he took. And also, he was a very lovely, like very talented player, but also very relaxed. And that, that vibe just sort of got me back in it. And this game, we again, we just killed the living daylight out of each other. Um, I was actually, I, Eldar went through him a lot quicker than I thought they would. I thought this would be quite difficult, but I, I was able to get some good angles with the, the units jump shoot jumping and all this kind of thing. I got very lucky with Phoenix Lords. Every single Phoenix Lord, the first time they died, got back up. Right, that's on a four up on a strat. So that is ludicrous luck, right? That is a huge amount of luck in one game. There was a brilliant moment in this where Callum teleports his. 10 Scarabacult Terminators over to my left-hand flank, and I've actually set a trap for him. I've put Morgan Ra out on his own on the edge, and I've got Shroud Runners lurking to use the wire weave grenades and make the charge too long so that the Scarabacult Terminators are stuck there. So I do the strat, do three mortal wounds, kill a Scarabacult Terminator, all going very well so far, then Callum just pops a 12 down and roll and makes, yeah. makes the 12 charge, which was absolutely brilliant, and we high-fived. It was extremely funny. Um... And poor old Morgan got flattened for the second time at the event. Um, and so I think I was then very fortunate because actually with their shooting, they had I, I had a, just a, one of the reasons I was a bit down is like I just couldn't see a way my D cannons weren't just going to get picked up by shooting. But somehow in the turn they came across, the Scarabacult Terminators failed to scratch the D cannons with with their shooting, which just doesn't happen. I'm sorry, you, you fire fired. 10 Scarabacult turn at some D cannons. You're not going to have many D cannons left at the end. It's just, I had all three, which is complete insanity. And I've got my race here there as well. So that means that in my turn, I just completely light up these Terminators and absolutely annihilate them. At that point, the game sort of swings. But even with all the good luck I've been having, it comes down to the last couple of rolls of the game, which is that I need Baharoth to stand back up and I need Callum to fail to defuse one of my bombs. 
either of those happens, he wins the game. And Baharoth gets back up on a four-up. Woo! And he fails to defuse the bomb on a two. Woo! So basically, I got extremely lucky, extremely lucky, um, with a very, very nice opponent and, and pulled out a completely jammy, dodgy win uh, to make it a 4-1. So it was a very funny game to end it on. Callum was a gent, really enjoyed playing him. I hope I play him again. And uh, there's no way I win that one twice. <laughs> so, well, we, did, we did say, didn't we? It was very close, like you said, like making that 12-inch and then obviously yeah, 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 yeah. Baroff, Baroff, whatever his name is, next to the bomb. Then oh, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Aaron, Aaron had some it. good advice for me on the diffusing as well. Yes, yeah. so there, were, there were a couple of different things. Um, but it was, yeah, it was a really, really good game. And yeah, so it was fun. To, I was very chuffed to finish 4-1 with that Phoenix Laws list. I, I like a lot of what was going on in it, but I'm going to be... As, as Chris has alluded to, Harlequin's just too good to leave out. There's just a couple of troubleshooting tools you just really want to have um, in Elder. And I'm very tempted both by Oathway, but also by potentially by the Avatar of Cain as well as a, as a big sort of pivot. Enjoyed using the race series as a pivot, but I'd like a pivot that can actually just demolish things, you know. Um, you've, got bring a, you've got to bring the Avatar now. Avatar's got, Avatar's got to come yeah. right, for the rest of the edition, so I'm going to start building and painting that this week. I'll let you know how I get on. Guys, we don't have a lot of time for questions, so if you do have any questions, chuck them in now. We'll try and quickly do a couple. I'm just going to try and pull whatever we had out of the Discord, and then we're going to get away. Um, as ever, if you want to ping Chris a super chat uh, so he can buy himself some nice things, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, but do not feel obliged. So, podcast questions. Chen says, favourite games at the London Open? Callum, Thousand Suns game. Brilliant game. Thank you very much, Callum. How about you guys? The Inari game. The Inari mirror. Awesome. Yeah. Aaron? Um, yeah, I think it would be Steve and the Necrons. Yeah, brilliant. Very nice. Um, Run Predictable was curious what we think about players who drop from an event on day one, which is quite an interesting thing. Topical? It's topical, right? It's an interesting one. I um, think... Go ahead. I was just saying, I was chatting to Lee about this actually, and it's um, it just means that they've not got that. They're not playing the forty k for its intrinsic worth of actually enjoying yeah, yeah, the game itself. Sure, like, sure. I don't go to an event to win the event, and everything else is a failure. So if I know, <laughs> I know the um, if I know that first day has not gone quite well, well, you can recover it the next day. But yeah. I'm there to socialise with my friends. There to enjoy a weekend of 40k. Sure. I feel like even at the very highest level, it's still like there's still such an element of randomness and rock, paper, scissors, and all those sorts of things. Mm. Um, that I, if I don't know, it's hard because I can see, I guess, maybe a person who drops after day one is saying, I'm just not enjoying this event. Yeah, sure. And so, why would I spend my time doing something which I'm not enjoying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I can see that, I guess that's the counter-argument, and then we can't really say, well, no, you should stick around and do something you're not enjoying. But then you can say, well, surely you're playing 40k because you enjoy the experience rather than just to win. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think it just confirms that they're a loser, doesn't it? I've <laughs> lost, and they're a bigger loser for leaving. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Aaron, don't be no, no. all seriousness, I think... We're, one thing that I think a lot of people and us included here we've discussing this before and I'm sure if people are honest in the chat it's the same is 
we tend to project our own thoughts onto other people's actions. Yeah, and for sure. We are like, sure. oh, they shouldn't have done that because I didn't do it. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Irrelevant what you think. Completely. You have no idea it's what their reason is. You're not the same person. Yeah, their enjoyment could be different, their reasonings completely. for it. Absolutely no idea. So yeah. if people want to do that, that's what they want to do. It's totally up to them. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, yeah, we're, we're not calling you out here, Sean Kate. Well, we're not calling anyone out. It's, it's a more of a philosophical conversation. I think dropping out to preserve your own well-being is a very always a very valid thing to do. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's again, it's the social thing, isn't it, and what you're expecting to get from it. Um, I guess maybe maybe one day when we're when we're sort of have massively high expectations, we'll we'll, we'll look at it in a different way. But I, I, yeah, I think it's I always like to get five games in, however it's going. Um, even at, you know what was my, my two three with my night lords was still one of the most fun weekends I've had. It was still a very good time. So you miss out on those moments if you don't if you don't keep plugging away. But then, as I say a bit at the moment, we do do, do this a lot, don't we? We play a lot of Warhammer. Yeah. So maybe an opportunity to cut a bit out now and again, uh, prioritise some other things isn't isn't the end of the world either. So cool. And then we have. Uh, most anticipated change for 10th. Oh, just Night Lords being the best army in the game, Jen. That's what, that's what I'm most excited for. Morale is going to be decisive, I think. Um, how about you guys? Uh, not, not a lot. Not really thinking much of it, similar to Davies. It's like, it keeps seeing things pop up. It's, it's out of context. I don't know what's going on. So I'd rather just see. Yeah, for sure. I think I suppose the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is a hopefully a resettling of everyone as they get their uh, indexes. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And actually, I I do like the Codex wheel. I it's exciting when there's new rules coming and new armies coming out. And as long as they don't lo drop ludicrous bombs in terms of power, it'll be it'll be really fun to. But indexes will be fun. It's going to be fun watching us all figuring out armies we want to figure out at the same time. I think that'll be a a good time. A good time. Um. Great. Okay. Um, Phil Wagas, how would you guys fix the indirect meta? Take it out into the back of the shed yeah. and shotgun it. Yeah. Ho hopefully they're thinking about artillery very sensibly in the next edition of the game, but I think artillery is just one of those things that just shouldn't benefit from in increased efficiencies of any kind. It should be very predictably middling and that's the only role it should ever be allowed to play. It shouldn't be allowed to combo with very powerful damage uh, debuffs, it shouldn't be allowed to have very heavy re-rolling efficiencies I think without that it's fine with those things is when it becomes oppressive um, so we'll see as I say, Desolation Marines, remember this profile because much like aggressors, you know what what they tell you these guys do when they first sell you them ain't what they tell you they do when they want to sell you something else, so time will fix all wounds in the end, but uh, we'll, we'll see how we go, great I think that's a sensible time to sign off. I want to reiterate how nice it was to see so many people at London Open. Thank you so much for all your comments. Um, thank you for your support for the show. Thank you for tuning in and viewing. We still can't quite believe people come and watch us every week. Uh, it's quite a remarkable thing. Um, so we massively appreciate it. And we will see you again next time where Pin the Win Weight on the Faction is going to return. Um, and we'll have to come up with some other stuff. And Davey will get his revenge for sitting through us talking about our events because he talked through his triumphs at the GT. So we'll see you all then. Bye-bye.